Hello, everyone. Welcome to the April 26th edition of Weekly Manga Recap. I am Nick, joined by Quinn, and we are here to talk about those black and white illustrated stories that are called comic books. Is April, also manga. Is April 26th something? Like, what, what spurred no, you to go into this? It's like, because I need to get energy from something. Oh, hell yeah. Then today we will talk about all of your favorite manga franchises. Even the ones oh. you don't like. Even the ones you don't <laughs> want us to talk about. <laughs> I got it. Oh, you know what this you is. You can't stop us from talking about Cypher nope. Academy nope. as much as you try. It brings us joy. Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um it's uh this is an odd week. It's always an odd week when there's a Boruto chapter. Uh we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, and there's uh, also some just kind of like some stuff going on. Like this will be our last uh, day uh, without manga for a little while because there's not going to be a, uh, any series for the next week. I mean, there's some stuff that like, you know, happens to fall on the updates, the update calendar. So they're like, OK, there will be a couple things that come out yet this week. But then no shut and jump this uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, so we'll be taking a break. So. Uh, let's see how many uh, things we get that leave us excited to to come back to manga, and uh, which ones though? We have so many to talk about, so we do. You know, who really knows? Let's let's see what happens. I guess uh, there's only one place to start, Nick, and that's the... with superheroes. Everybody's favorite franchise. Everyone's favorite franchise. No one has grown tired of this genre at all, whatsoever. Uh-huh. Nope, St- stronger than ever. Definitely don't see like opinion pieces about it coming out once a week for the past seven years. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's My Hero Academia to, to kick things off. Uh, so <laughs> I know where we end up in this chapter, but it still kind of baffles me a little bit the way that people talk about things in the beginning. Because we have our let's face it unimportant characters Uh discussing the situation there is one person in this group of people who has a name i i I, and that's all i can really say for sukauchi can you say he has a personality who is he he's the police guy that works with all might sometimes so some other guys say oh there's something really really bad going on because uh there, there's all these heroes that are on their last legs because the the tide of the battle has turned. All for one, of course, took out a whole bunch of people. Uh, the clones that Toga summoned are keeping a bunch of people busy, etc. And they're saying, "Oh my God, look at how, look at Dobby! His heat it's growing so so incredibly enormous and powerful." Uh-huh. And so they're like, "Well, what's going on? Is Endeavor dead? No, but he's going to die definitely because." Our analysis is conclusive. Ever since Dobby was knocked out the first time, he's been building up heat inside and hasn't stopped condensing thermal energy within. And at the current pace at around 10 minutes or so, maybe even just a few minutes, he'll annihilate himself. And when that condensed thermal energy is released, it'll trigger a high pressure explosion that will burn off the map within five kilometers. 
There's a lot of dialogue uh, this chapter. We got, we got to get to it. Uh, you know what is interesting to me, and I'm not complaining. I want to, I want to stress. I am a okay with this decision. We've we've spent out so much time, uh, like blasted around to like every person interfering in the all for one fight, and not once did we like really ever like touch base on what was going on with Endeavor and Dobby. That's like kind of just been yeah. in the background. Kind of appreciate it. It was it was amusing to me to, for them to just be like, "Is Endeavor dead?" Or like. No, but he's not doing well, or whatever. We don't have time to even show him this chapter. We got too much else to do. He's not a, nowhere to be found. Uh, the only problem that I have with this is like, where is this analysis coming from? <laughs> <laughs> so, what sciencey bullshit did you guys do to come to this conclusion? Uh, Mister Science is in the background, and he has a little <laughs> microscope. He's like, oh, I do believe that it looks like Dobby is going to explode. Well, he is Mr. Science, and so clearly he must know what he's talking about. You know, his quirk is just that his toenails grow really long. He's not a science-based superhero. He just calls himself (laughs) Mr. Science. You know, if he was really a scientist, he'd be Dr. Science, right? No, Mr. Science says so. Are you even science-themed at all? Do you have a degree? Nope! <laughs> <laughs> this lab coat is just part of my uniform! That's the great thing about being a superhero. You can just, like, claim a name, and you don't have to actually, like, have anything that's... any degrees or anything associated with the title. Sometimes I hit, I people, mo- sometimes I hit people with a microscope. <laughs> <laughs> I also sometimes call myself Mr. Science Esquire, even though I've never passed the bar. I don't have it means it just sounds sexy and i want it does passing the bar mean that you go out for drinks sometimes is that what that means uh, i don't know but mr science does have an established pedigree from the universal life church online <laughs> and i believe it's one and the same that is even worse than if you had no credentials <laughs> i just want you to know. <laughs> Uh, the, the important thing is not only is Dobby going to explode and the giant massive fireball explosion is going to go off that will blow up everything for two and a half miles, uh, but one of the blocks of, that is part of the UA shelter is having to pass through that area on its way from the UA site to Shiketsu. And who should be inside? Who, what Which of those cubes should it be? But the one, of the, of course, that was delayed by the sabotage that we saw in the previous chapter, which means that uh, the Todoroki family is in that shelter. So they're in danger and they're, they're, they're going to definitely be vaporized if someone doesn't do something. Uh, and on top of all of that, all for one is moving. Uh, and if he meets up with any of the other uh, super powerful villains, then things are going to get really bad. Uh, Tsukauchi uh, looks uh, upset because uh, I don't know. He's he's a bad, he's a bad quarterback. Uh. He's, he's, he's not doing anything to, to solve this situation. He just looks upset. Uh, I love that he's but, still just shaking this guy, <laughs> like like, sh- like just so he can get like the little like uh, thing going in there, like just like ah, what's going on? But you can just see his head like hanging there. I'm like. Did- did he just shake him to death? <laughs> Did he kill this poor person? That's why he looks upset. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, once this is over. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to jail. <laughs> Wait, no, they blew them all up. I'm safe. <laughs> He's like, yes. <laughs> oh, I love the super villains. <laughs> 
so uh, Ida's got a plan, though, which is uh, he's going to run and he's going to take uh, Shoto with him. Uh, and he gives a big speech uh, to, to Shoto to, to try and raise his spirits because, you know, Shoto's upset about all the stuff that's happening involving his very, very, very twisted and mad family situation. And, you know, his villainous brother is going to kill everyone. Uh, and But Ida brings up like, hey, look, I, I, I know that all the feelings you've been dealing with have probably been driving you to do some horrible things. But uh, the kind soul who taught me to never forget who I want to become, you know, why is this your emotional burden to bear? Basically, it's like he tells him, like, hey, you helped me to pick me up when I was at my low point. Let me do the same for you. And uh, right. They've been they've kind of occasionally had some team ups that haven't really been consistently happening, but that's because they're members of class one. A. So, uh, you know, that doesn't happen for a lot of people. So, uh, Sukauchi is not the one who tells them to do stuff. No, that's all might who legitimately does something insanely cool (laughs) (laughs) out of nowhere in this chapter. Uh, and he gives, he, he starts to, you know, giving, you know, coordinating efforts and says to you, hey, you know how to run, right? And Todoroki, I know that, you know, you've, you've got all this inner turmoil from everything that you've been dealing with in your entire life up to this point. But uh, you've got a mighty ally waiting for you in the wings. Uh, and he tells him, like, you've got to stop Toya and you've got to make everyone feel safe again so that you could be your best self. And... I'm sure that the two of you working together could be a dynamic duo. You're our, you're their only hope. Uh, and uh, so Todoroki's so Todoroki like, well, Ida, your engine's solved, though. Like, what are you going to do? And he is like, eh, the rain's been cooling my engines down. I'm good. Piggyback time. And he sticks <laughs> his mouth filter thing on Todoroki's face because this is going to suck. Uh, and he just gets set to race through the goddamn uh, city. And Stain watches all yeah, of this. He's fucking Sonic the Hedgehog, Nick, rolling around at the speed of sound. That's what he's doing. He's running across buildings. I mean, he does start doing that. Yeah, he's yes. following his rainbow. Uh, yeah. There's no joke here, Nick. He's yeah. fucking doing it, all right? He's goddamn Sonic the Hedgehog, and we should appreciate it. Yeah, meanwhile, Stain's over there like, I just like the Shadow theme songs. That's all I care about. I don't, <laughs> yeah. know. I don't know what these lyrics are. <laughs> Dark Machine, uh, whatever the other one was. All my favorites. <laughs> uh, so he's watching the, while this happens. He's like, oh, right. I nearly stabbed that kid to death. Hmm. Yeah. Look at how far he's come, I guess. And uh, yeah, Ida tears through the skyline, just blasting through windows, leaving chunks out of buildings because he's just running so fucking fast. Uh, Has Ida but... always had an undercut? Uh, yeah. Okay. So. In my mind, I just, just never really it's... picked up on it because he seems feels like he has such a he's proper always had haircut. The bangs. Okay. So... I, in my mind, I always think he has such like a proper haircut. Yeah, he's always had the bangs, so it kind of uh... hides that. Uh, so Sukauchi get uh, you know gets on the radio then because he realizes that All Might's going to do something, and sure enough, All Might has uh, driven out to a particular site that is directly in the path of All for One, and he says, "This has always been my fight. You must remember the endless war and the us here. Now that I hear that Tamura Shigaraki's hatred is even affecting your original body, I'm thinking you won't be able to ignore me." 
isn't that right? And he just steps out into the middle of the rain while the most powerful, horrible villain in the history comes towards him. And he puts that, takes out a support item and whips it out and says, I am here! And uh, that's where we end our chapter. Is All Might is squaring off against his old foe who is uh, heading straight towards him. And uh, that's our chapter title, too. I am here. So I don't know how exactly we got into this scenario, but All Might decided, well, no one else is going to stop him, so I'll do it myself. And he is. Yeah, I mean, here we go. This is powerful, like the Dark Knight Returns moments where Batman puts on like a like a powered suit and is just like, come at me, Superman, you bitch. I'm going to fight you. Like, it's kind of the same energy here. He just shows. I mean, he's literally got the fucking Batmobile next to him at this point. And he's just like, I'm I'm going to put on my little my little weapons and (laughs) try to fight God. It feels like uh, that that sequence would have been very different if Batman had actually said, come out here, Superman, you bitch. <laughs> I mean, look, I always try to zhuzh up <laughs> my references, and I do feel like it would have been better if he called Superman a bitch a couple more times. Uh, yeah, so where we start in this chapter is weird to me. Where we end up uh, feels to be sudden, but not unwelcome. So, yeah, I like the chapter. I I think it was a little wordy at times. Like, I almost wish I I know the scene wasn't ultimately about Ida, but I really Mm -hmm. do like that line of like, Ida, you know how to run, don't you? And like, yeah, then bolting off. I felt like it was going to be a really cool moment. But then there's like a page and a half of like exposite of like now Todoroki. I think this is just like, okay, kind of kills a little bit of the momentum. Like Ida gets all set. He's like, all right, I'm going to run this up now. Todoroki. All right, let's 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 wait and listen. Oh, he's got a quick one liner for you, too. Yeah. yeah, All right. Right. All right. It's been a little bit longer than a one liner. So shouldn't we be doing something like, look, it's almost probably probably gonna die just let me get his tight five in it's yeah. okay i'm gonna put i'm gonna put my engines in neutral it feels like this is gonna take a little bit <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to waste the gas <laughs> he just he just starts slowly <laughs> drifting forward <laughs> <laughs> just sliding across the ground <laughs> hey Ida, could you slow down a little bit try and hear all night <laughs> oh hold on hold on hold on He's sorry we're going, going the wrong Hold on, sorry, we're going the wrong way. He like has to t- put his arm out and like look over his shoulder as he backs. <laughs> <laughs> I never realized you were exactly a car. <laughs> Just a car. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! Those kids, st- <laughs> those kids stole my CDs. <laughs> uh, they, won't get, they won't get. They could. They could. Fortunately, they couldn't carjack me though because I put because I put the bolts in. <laughs> puts like a knife through his pants like into the ground he's like can't stop can't no one can steal me now is that why you've just been walking into walls the last several hours oh uh, yeah anyway i guess we should move on yeah uh let's talk about undead unlock number 156 right stuff uh and we open with Sean and Gina apologizing for uh, jumping aboard the vessel, and Fuku's response is to glower. I don't know how else to describe this. It is an intense glower. Uh, she basically is just like, I'll reprimand you both later, but right now we need your help, so it's time to dock. Uh, I'm going to go out and try to find a place we can dock. Creed, you had to handle debris. 
Nico, you're going to have to take navigating the ship. And Gina, we need you to use your unchanged to basically make a tunnel out of the mm-hmm. unchanged that we can use to dock with, essentially. So, and then they're like, Sean, you're on standby. We don't, we don't really need you for anything. You don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, all right, we're going to do it. Uh, Foucault's flying off. She's got a little rockets. And we get like a quick note like, oh, hey, there's only so much power inside your rockets or whatever. So just keep note of that uh, just because it comes up later. And Gina gives this little thing like, are you mad at me? And Foucault's just like, thanks so much for helping. And Gina's like, oh, fuck, she's pissed. Um, Foucault has a moment, though, in space where she gets to be like, wow, this is actually my second time in space. But this is you know, the first time I'm kind of realizing just how beautiful and desolate this all is. And, and Phil wasn't just born in this environment. He was raised here for years. And, you know, something must have destroyed us. Like, what happened here? It's uh, nice to know that it's, it's nice to have that assurance that uh, Foucault is not a soulless billionaire. Yes. I mean, it, you would think that that's obvious, but it's just <laughs> nice to know for certain. Yeah, absolutely. Nico kind of comments like, yeah, our, uh, Foucault just notes again, like, Mr. Nico, space is beautiful and terrifying. And he's like, yep, even more so the more we learn about it. Uh, yep. <laughs> but that's just the kind of place. I hear there's is. guns out there. <laughs> <laughs> we just see one floating by. <laughs> Damn, Toriko was right. Um, so Creed is like, all right, I got to start firing off these, these, these debris. And Foucault says, you know, shattering it. Or I guess actually it's Nico who says this. He's like, shattering it will just make more debris. So use the repelling bullets I made. Uh, and basically doing that will cause them to kind of like repel one another. Like if, like if you fire one, then the rest will like make them go. I guess they're like magnets, essentially. It's not super clear, but the, the, the meteors won't hit without exploding. Uh, and then there is just a little comedic note that's like, hey, just so you know, each one of those costs $100 billion to make, but you're using Undecrease, so who gives a shit? <laughs> it costs $200 trillion to fire this weapon for 10 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> um, Sean asks, of course, like, why does it matter if you get hit by a little rock? And then they have to explain, like, this rock is traveling at a speed that will fucking, like, explode your body into pieces if it hits you. It, it's not going to not bonk you on the noggin. It's it's going to eviscerate your fucking corpse. It's amazing uh, that Undead Unlock is capable of, of making people understand the, the, these concepts in, of space travel better than Earth Child, which was all about this stuff yes. <laughs> in its entire run. Uh... Uh, Gina is uh, creating this tunnel, but she's like, I don't know if I made it or not because there's no dust or rain or anything out here. Nothing is landing Mm -hmm. on my unchanged to actually, like, let us visibly see what I've done. And they're like, fuck, space is really fucking with things. (laughs) Like, this is is really bad. Everyone's like, well, maybe I should go check. Maybe I should do it. Foucault doesn't have enough fuel to go and check it. Mr. Creed is is busy. Uh, Nico's like, they're like, Nico, you need to navigate us. Because if if you hit the, the, the station, then it's all just fucked up. So Sean takes it upon himself to be like, I'm climbing the tunnel. I'm checking the pipe. And... You know, he actually does get a cool line because he's like, it's all I could do. Besides, one of my brothers made this and there's not going to be any holes in it. I ain't scared. And uh, thankfully, 
He's right. There is no hole until he gets to the end. Uh, yeah, there's no ends. holes. It's just it just it just ends. <laughs> uh, but now they they know basically the trajectory they're trying to go for, so they're gonna steer the little pipe in. Uh, but suddenly, as they get close, the controls are taken away from Nico, and he's like, "Oh my god, is someone hacking us? Wait, no, they're maneuvering us in. They're actually like making this automatic. Like, who is this?" Uh, and it was like a flawless connection. They they now can dock absolutely peacefully. They get on board the ship. There are some apologies. Gina is very sad and, like, and scared. She's just like, I didn't realize space was so scary. I wouldn't have brought us up here if I had known. Um, Fuko is, you know, like, yeah, it's going to be all right. They're like, hey, got to find Phil. That's our mission here. Uh, we're going to divide into two groups. I'm going to take the kids. Creed and Nico, you guys, you know, stay together. So they split up. Uh, Fuko's heading along, and they're like, wow, there's like a lot of damage to this ship. Like, there's just holes and shit everywhere. And they're like, maybe we'll be able to figure out what exactly happened here once we find Phil. But let's locate the shelter. Uh, it's been five days since his attack. Like, who knows what's like how they're mentally holding on. Then they see a figure standing in the hallway and it's phil and they're like oh cool you safe after all wait a minute doesn't he need air uh and uh yeah phil needs air uh or doesn't apparently because he's just walking up and he's fuko's like yeah there's no air here how is this kid okay and he just walks up to sean and he like kind of like does that little kid thing where he like kind of tugs on the shirt and he's like save mom bum 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 this is a uh very intriguing chapter it's uh, it's of course creepy at the end with the appearance of phil who legitimately looks terrifying uh-huh. uh and bizarrely enough, I think the bow tie does uh, contributes a lot. To that. <laughs> it really does. The bow tie and the little suspenders. Yeah, it's a creepy like Victorian child in space thing. Uh, I love the way that the the air tunnel thing is played out, though. And uh, honestly, the part of this that that I want really really curious about is like what the hell was with the controls like mm-hmm. was that Phil or was it somebody else that that caused that to happen. Uh, and if even if it was Phil's like, well, how? Like, what's that have to do with unfeeling or whatever? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how, where things are going to go from here. Uh, and it's definitely appropriate that this, you know, ruined, abandoned space station uh, setting uh, is immediately uh, disconcerting. Yes, it's uh, extremely cool. Uh, we got a lot of like little neat moments. I really like the characterization throughout the chapter. I like Gina just like at the end being like, I didn't realize space was going to be so scary. I'm so sorry for bringing us yeah. up here. I like Sean like taking it upon himself to be like, this is a dangerous thing that no one else could do. I'll do it. And, you know, and acting like he's confident because he's like, one of my friends uh, made this. So why would I be concerned? Whoops, I almost fell into nothing. Ah. <laughs> I almost died. Uh, yeah, it was just a cool little details all around. Nice little fun characterization. Like uh, I just said, a, a pretty creepy ending here. <sighs> okay. Nick? Come on! Yeah. What's why? Yeah, why why okay. are we pausing? What's what's happening? I just need to prepare myself. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's Boruto, chapter number eighty, 
what dad would do. So last time, as a result of Ada's super omnipotent powers, uh, Kawaki and Boruto switched places so that now Kawaki is the Hokage son and Boruto is the one responsible for them. He disappeared and Kawaki has told Ada to communicate to Shikamaru that Boruto killed Naruto. Uh, which, by the way, similar name, blonde hair, blue eyes, whisker marks. Nobody who is specifically not affected by Ada's powers thinks that that's in any way suspicious. Whatever. Omnipotent power switch. Sure. Uh, Mitsuki is not listening to Serato when she tells when she's telling him like everything's weird and everything. Uh, Sumire also realizes that something has happened after you know the big flash that went out. Serata has just learned that the Hokage is dead, and she's like, "What is going on?" And falls to her knees. Mitsuki's like, "I'm gonna kill him!" And leaves. Uh, and uh, so Kawaki uh, just says to Ada, "Like, yeah." So he's just some you know. Hokage killing Otsutsuki now. He's the number one enemy of all of Konoha. He's no longer welcome here. And Ada's like, I mean, did you really like need that to happen though? To tell them all that they killed that to kill them all he killed Hokage? And Kawaki just says, Well now no one's gonna interfere if I have to kill Boruto. Eh, pragmatic. Uh, yeah, and he says, like, I'll just I'll, I'll just leave the Hokage sealed away until I kill Boruto, and then that'll be it. Uh, and uh, he'll be safe in the meantime. Uh, Damon catches up to them uh, and has a lot to contribute to uh, the conversation going on by being present. Uh, yep. Uh, Sasuke finds Sarada uh, and Shimi is like, everyone's acting weird. <clears throat> Mitsuki says he's going to kill Boruto. What's going on? And Sasuke says, I mean, like, I understand why Mitsuki wants to kill Boruto. He killed Naruto. And she's like, what were you talking about? It's like, oh, yeah, I've got to stop Naruto before uh, Boruto before he leaves Konoha. So Sarada's like, what is going on? And Sumire, with communication jutsu, I guess, uh, contacts Serata, or maybe she doesn't. Maybe they've got a radio. I don't know. There's crackles around the word bubble, so it seems like it's radio transmission thing. And her dad's not her dad. Kataska's not her dad. Whatever. Maybe it's a radio thing. So she says, like, hey, Serata, do you think you're sane? (laughs) Alright. Fair enough. Uh, Boruto gets attacked by uh, Shikajai and company uh, and they're like you you tried to kill your bro and end the Hokage too that just ain't what a friend does work on those one liners Shikajai he'll uh he's working he's gonna get there you know Uh, this is like his first (laughs) important scene in this manga (laughs) Hey, what about that one time that he, he just wanted to look at Ada, so he lied about not being affected by her ability, and then just was told to leave immediately. All right, yeah, I guess. all right, you're just all right. You are a horny twelve year old. We get it. Leave. <laughs> please, please go home. Uh, we catch up again with Samire and Serata, and Samira's like, "Hey, look, I, I, you're not affected by Ada's kitsu, remember?" 
I think that this is her power has somehow changed things uh, because you and I are the only ones who are, are not affected by it. And we were the only ones who weren't affected by her abilities before exceptions for Otsutsuki related people. Uh, so uh, Serato looks up at Sasuke and while she continues to talk with Sumire, who has basically read the script and understands exactly what they need to do in this situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I'm not, I don't have a problem with her understanding what's going on or what to do, but the fact that Serata is so in the dark and she is so in the know when they have literally all the exact information to act on is a bit weird. That's that. And you also, would... again, Okay, no, go ahead. I was. Oh, and also again, it just doesn't make Serato look good. Yeah, I was like, I feel like if you had like established something, I guess Samaria was also the one who seemed to pick up on the fact that her powers weren't, or that something was going on that was making it so her and Serato weren't being sucked into Ada's charm. I think, right? Correct. So maybe yes. this is just a way to establish like she's good at picking. I want to say it's like Genjutsu, but it's explicitly not. <laughs> it's like right. just reality warping powers. So I guess it's just her way of saying like she's got a good knack for this kind of thing and figuring these things out. Yeah, I know that she is quote unquote the class representative, which means that she is the uh, you know very smart. Yeah, she's she's a top student at not ninja school because she's not a ninja uh she so she says like look based on the fact that you and i aren't affected we're basically the only ones who can actually help boruto right now but it's but i don't really know what we can do uh so sasuke is still trying to get serata's attention and she's so she says to him look boruto didn't do anything he would never kill the hokage everyone's being tricked uh and sasuke's like i mean okay, maybe that's true, but he definitely did try and kill Kawaki. And she's like, no, he didn't. Uh, so. <laughs> Sorry, this next bit. So, uh, Shikadai has gotten Boruto trapped in his shadow Shikamaru's ability. So he's he's little Shikamaru. That's all you need to know about what he can do with his power. Little baby Shikamaru. So he says to Boruto, how could you betray us like this? Say something, you monster! And Momoshiki <laughs> shows up to be the devil on Barto's shoulder and be like, oh, you're going to be cute. Wait, we should kill your friends. <laughs> kill your friends! Do it! Do it! Just let me kill your friends! Give your body to me! I definitely won't betray you in any way! Ooh. Uh, Sasuke tries to you know, like say like, look, Serata, you're clearly go been going through a lot uh, right now. So why don't you just like, why don't you just go home and I'll, and, I, and I'll go take care of things. And Serata grabs onto him and says like, look, no, you don't need to understand what I'm saying, but you need to listen to me. Listen to the first and only selfish favor I'll ever ask. And as she looks up at him, she's so upset, so upset by everything that has happened that her Mangekyo Sharingan awakens. That 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 thing that's supposed to happen when you like kill your 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 most loved one. I, it just happens because she's really upset. So, okay, <laughs> it's not the best look that like 
the first time we've seen a female character activate the Mangekyo Sharingan, then I can remember. There might be someone I'm forgetting. It, it's not like... I mean, the other scenarios are also very cryy and emotional, but they're also like, this is like dark, cynical, like, this is my soul, very Linkin Park and whatnot. And this one's very right. much like, Dad, please believe me. And I'm like, I wish this was a cooler scene, but... I do also just like that Sasuke is listening to his fucking kid. Like, it's such bare minimum <laughs> in this story, but I was like, good job, Sasuke, for listening to your kid. In a sea of bullshit, Sasuke is consistently the most kind-hearted and reasonable character in Boruto. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you know, when, because this incredibly emotional thing has happened to Serata and he recognizes that like, oh, wow, she's like crazy serious. He starts to listen to her. Uh, Momoshiki starts to take over Boruto's body. He's like, if you dare hurt my friends, I'll never forgive you. And Momoshiki's like, oh yeah. Oh, your friends. Yeah. Look at all your friends surrounding you. The guy's trying to kill you. What good friends they are. Yeah. Everyone wants you dead. You don't have any friends. Nobody likes you. You're a Loser, you big weedy. <laughs> just bored and bored to like, all right, I feel like we can cut this back. You're supposed to be on my side right now. <laughs> like, oh, no, let me save your life, you loser. <laughs> you little crybaby. <laughs> so, and he tells Bortz, like, just go to sleep forever. Uh, and then Bortz gets dripped as Sasuke comes flying in, grabs him by the collar, and just yoinks him. Uh, away from everyone and he's like I gotta get you out of the village uh, and of course the kids are like why the fuck did Sasuke just grab Boruto like that what's going on uh, and uh, Sasuke says like you know I first met him when I happened to stop by Naruto's house for a visit that day he asked me to take him on as a student and he mastered Rasengan immediately and he fought Momoshiki with me and Naruto and we won that is who Kawaki is he's Naruto's son According to my mind. Anyway, that's a great part to cut away from. And so <laughs> <laughs> the flow of conversation. What's that? Anyway, Kawaki uh, parts ways with Ada, who's who starts flying, which is also one of her powers. That she's like, I gotta go do something. <laughs> she goes really, off the table. It, like I know, like at, at this point, we exist in a place in Naruto where like a character just being able to fly shouldn't be that surprising of her. But I do think that's a sad effect that should go along. <laughs> I have to go now. Another scene needs me. <laughs> so <laughs> she flies by the power of narrative convenience. So uh Sasuke has just found like every fight scene in Boruto and is like, alright, we'll have a conversation here. Alright, let's face <laughs> Yeah, uh, Cell and, and Goku just got done fighting, so Sasuke and Boruto could have this scene. So yeah, they're just like it's some you know rocky hills somewhere. It's us. It's like they won't find us here. The sensory units really bad at their job. They suck so much. It might be months before they find us. Uh, but he does understand. Like, look, Ada will can find us basically wherever we go. So we'll rest for a little bit and then we'll go. Morto is clutching his eye, which again has been grievously wounded this whole time. And he's just kind of going, ow, my eye. <laughs> Thanks for saving me. Ow. 
and so he looks at Sasuke and is like, I thought you thought that I was like an enemy of Konoha, so why are you helping me? And Sasuke points out something that is like the only logical thinking that anyone's done in this entire situation, which is you've got the headband that I gave to Kawaki when we bonded, but you have it for some reason. But on top of that, I can sense Otsutsuki Momoshiki, who should be inside Kawaki, inside of Boruto. I So, like, yeah, he just kind of, like, realized, like, what I know should be the case is clearly not the case based on a few clues that c- could not be switched based off of this reality swapping thing. And he's the only one who manages to put any of that together. So... <sighs> So, yeah, he, he's, he just, you know, points out, like, yeah, I mean, I didn't ever really understand how unreliable my own memories could be. And I don't really know what to believe anymore. So instead, I've decided that even if I doubt myself, I'm going to believe in my daughter, Serata. So, oh, what a good fucking dad. It's yeah. nice. And he says, yeah, so I'm just going to help you because my daughter wants me to help you. So Momoshiki's like, this guy's crazy. K- kill your friends, Boruto. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he, he literally just goes into Bardo's ear and is like, oh, you, I mean, uh, you still suck. Uh, nobody likes you. Um, uh, no one's ever going to ask you to dance at, at the school dances that you go to. You, it, it, you're just going to, like, hang out with all the loser kids, except all the loser kids are going to think you smell. Uh, they don't... <laughs> I love this scene. He just starts being a middle school bully. And Bardo's like... Fuck off. And then it cuts down and he's like, the steel trap on this kid, you can't break He's like, hey, Porto, you're a chicken. Porto's like, I'm not a chicken, you're a turkey. And he's like, fuck off. <laughs> he's unbeatable. <laughs> I've never seen someone so mentally sound. Just, 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 let me, let me. Let me take your body, you fucking asshole! Fuck you! Fuck you! And Bard is like, "Oh my god, shut the fuck up!" What, what, <laughs> what if I called you a little fatty, fat, fat? And Bard is just like, "No." He's like, "Damn Don't it!" <laughs> a prison, this boy's mind. <laughs> so uh, Ada's shoes show up to say, "Oh yeah, we're practical," and then Ada shows up after them, uh, and uh, she says. Hey, uh, I'm I'm sorry about this, Boruto. And uh, so I was like, "What the fuck are Ada and Damon doing doing here?" And uh, Ada says to Boruto, "Like, do you understand like what's what's happened to you?" And Boruto says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Quack and I switch places, apparently. And she says, "Look, I honestly just wanted to help Quacky out of his situation. I, I did not do this specifically on purpose." And something similar has happened in the past. By the time I realized it, everyone had become my captive. So essentially, the implication is that like she just probably wanted really badly for people to love her. And now everyone loves her, mm-hmm. which honestly, if that had been given a little bit more attention, would be really interesting and tragic. It feels like, but because of everything involved in this series, it's just like, I don't know. That's an interesting idea. You didn't execute it well. So, um, 
And uh, so Barta realized, like, so this is this is what Kawaki wanted, which is a big bummer because, like, oh, my best friend wanted just like for me to be, you know, killable and to change places with me. That's cool. Uh, and uh, so he was like, I mean, you're acting bizarrely calm about all this. And Bart is like, oh, no, my world is shattered. But even more so, I can't stop thinking about him, my bro, Kawaki, and how he must have felt just this lonely and insecure. But he's been living with it all his life since he was a kid. Uh, he's the polar opposite of me. I thought I knew him, but I guess it was pissing him off that even though I knew hardship, I was acting like, I understood. Never knew Archie about as I understood. How's your eye doing, Boruto? How's your your it's parents fine. being imprisoned away and well, <laughs> everyone wanting to right. kill you? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I'm feeling really, really, you know, like reflective right now. It's <laughs> a twelve year old in this situation. At this, yeah, at this point, I assume the eyes just healed. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> He's like, I got a cool scar. I got what I came for. God. So, yeah, Sasuke says, look, you know, Naruto was honestly a lot like you currently are, Boruto. He was shunned by everyone, and yet he somehow managed to get into this position that he is now. He just pushed himself. He proved himself. So if you truly are his son the way you claim, then show us just as he did. Which is a little bit weird for a full adult to be saying to a 12-year-old. <laughs> but I guess in a shonen sense, like, it's kind of cool, but... Nah. so Pick your shit together, son. Yeah. Uh, Momoshiki is like... <laughs> Momoshiki is really... Like, I never found it particularly intimidating, but he's really dropped off in this chapter to, like, a dip, like a demi-demimon level. Like, no, come on! Betray your friends and kill your family. Oh! I mean, we're fully like turning Momoshiki into Kurama 2.0 now, aren't we? <laughs> like, Pretty he's just much. the evil being who dwells inside Boruto, who's going to give him superpowers and is going to claim that he hates Boruto and wants to take him over, but is probably not going to do anything because he's so easily dealt with in situations like this. Uh, I'm, look, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, a couple years from now when uh, Momoshiki's like, Boruto, watch out! He's got the power of nuclear fusion! <laughs> uh, so Boruto's got a cool speech prepared. Uh, he's, I mean, I, honestly, this is the least weird part of all this. Every 12-year-old has a cool speech prepared. Like, they, they all wish that they could, have, could deliver this cool badass speech when they're a ninja and stuff because he says, oh, I've got flowing inside me the blood of my dad, the seventh Hokage, Uzumaki Naruto. And my mom's Tuga blood, too. She doesn't get a cool intro. <laughs> <Just my mom's... laughs> I've got my also... dad's blood. And mom, I guess, there, too, somewhere. And my granddad was the fourth Hokage. I don't know anything about my, my grandma. Sometimes I've heard she was cool, but I don't know anything about her. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm a Konoha Will of Fire ninja. And she straps on Sasuke's old headband, and oh, he's got to, ooh, it's got a scratch uh, on it and stuff. Ooh. Yeah, we saw and the so, scratch when he got slashed ooh. in the face. Yep. Uh, and he also says, "Like, look, I understand that the I'm the one who drove Kawaki into this corner. Not really. Uh, <laughs> you had a tiny role in that." Uh, 
but he's like, look, he tried to resolve this situation, uh, even though it would risk my dad hating him. And that, the result of it was him, you know, trying to kill his brother. And it's all due to my own weakness. No, it's not. Uh, I've got a cool speech. Please, uh, I can't let this end as brother killing brother. I got to get a lot stronger and turn this into a mere quarrel between siblings. That's what my dad would do. And uh, Ada says, are you sure you're 12? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like just a very good thing that is like, I'm just going to save that (laughs) for a couple bits later down the line. Um, And Ada says like, look, this isn't going to make up fully for what happened, but how about this? Until you return to Konoha, I promise I won't look for either of you, no matter what Shikamaru or Kawaki say to me. Uh, because Kawaki's honestly not coming off as very cool right now, and uh, it's my fault, and that sucks. So that's what I'm gonna do for this. So hey, we wrapped up that little that little like why don't they just use Ada's power to look for Boruto? Uh, she 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 has a reason to not do so. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Boruto turns to Sasuke it's, or Ada, I guess, and says, "Hey, let Serata know my thanks for sending me Uncle Sasuke." Yeah, Serata, you got to do something this series, right? This counts as you doing something, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also vows that he's going to come. He's definitely going to come back. And then Damon says, "Hey, get get a lot stronger so I can fight you." Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like cool. I'm glad this right. character thanks. is still here. Thanks for being here. Uh, and uh, he also thanks Sasuke. And Sasuke is just like, hey, look, I honestly don't have any faith in you except for the parts where I kind of indicate I might. I'm doing this for my daughter. Uh, and uh, Serata has met up with Sumire and they're doing nothing. Uh, she just kind of like wishes they're looking safe. off into the distance. Yeah, pretty much. Also, Code is still in this series. <laughs> and he is fully switched hating Kawaki to hating Boruto which is it's kind of funny honestly is. uh Kawaki's like I'm still gonna kill you Boruto because you still got you know it's Suzuki inside you and Boruto's like I'm feeling pretty good about my situation <laughs> yeah this is where the musical montage is playing and it ends on a high note with Boruto being like let's go don't you forget about me. I'm like, they're not dying. Why are we playing that song? <laughs> I was thinking uh, myself like Steve by Steve Earle, like, you know, like the wire end of the season. Here's where the characters are going to be going songs. <laughs> not a, like, not the fucking Breakfast Club. <laughs> Boruto, boom. God, all right. Well, this is the situation that we're in, and it only took... A very weird turn for us to get here. Uh, And so here we are, and uh, that's where we'll be coming back to in a few months, because Boruto is off until August. So, Look, I I will quite freely admit I am not a huge fan of Boruto. I think this is probably one of the better chapters of Boruto. There was, like, a lot of points where I was like, this is actually kind of cool. I said I'd, I'd like Sasuke getting to, like, be a good dad and, like, showing intelligence of being able to like figure out a couple things uh i do like ada actually kind of admitting like yeah i think i kind of fucked up here so like like the goodwill gesture is actually kind of nice 
I actually like Boruto's little speech of him just being like, I guess I didn't really understand what it was like being Kawaki until like this turn came around and like literally everyone doesn't trust me and is trying to kill me. Like it was somewhere I'm like, you know, I get why he's he he feels like he is now in this new revelation of just like shit. I guess I just actually didn't really understand what Kwaki's life was like. Um, and there were just cool little moments here and there. Uh, some stuff I wish was like execute a little bit better, but hmm. like as far as Boruto goes, this was like I don't want to say A tier, but if you're grading the curve, <laughs> whenever. <laughs> When you're used to reading just consistent, like, 2 out of 10s week after week, a 6 out of 10 starts to look pretty you're damn like, good. like, shit, okay. is this my chapter of the week? I don't believe it is. But no. there is a moment of, like, is this? Uh, yeah, I'm mostly there with you. Uh, I Mostly of what I dislike about this chapter comes down to just structural problems that seem to be built into Boruto at this point. As a standalone chapter, I think this is fine. And I'm right there with you in terms of like, oh, hey, Ada's actually a little bit more interesting as a character now that there's like this other side to her, at least. Um, But uh, I uh, wish that certain things had not gone the way that they did, even just within this chapter. And I guess we'll see what new adventures await Boruto starting in four months' time. So, yeah, it'd be kind of nice. Like, I wonder if, like, when August rolls around, August twentieth, like, if I'm gonna be in the mood, like, hmm, finally, Boruto's back. Like, you know, an absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of situation. I'm like, ooh, Boruto, I'm so excited. And I read, I'm like, oh wait a minute, this was bad. God damn it! <laughs> I can't yeah, wait. For, okay. I can't wait for this time si- this time skip to explain how. uh Kawaki gets his cool little scarf so we can finally <laughs> every piece is in place for that 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 opening chapter yeah, just the, the chapter opens up he walks into a department store like, that's a cool looking scarf <laughs> and then immediately walks out of the department store into that scene from the beginning <laughs> <laughs> didn't have any special meaning to it. He just bought it that day. He was on the way. He's like, oh, my neck's kind of cold. <laughs> not my, not my arms or anything else. Just my neck. <laughs> no, no. This this sleeveless jacket is still a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my arms are gonna get hot once I start working out, but my neck will never get warm. <laughs> Next, don't get warm. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, let's talk about. We have so many manga to talk about. Still, let's oh, talk do. about Chainsaw Man. Oh, uh, Chainsaw Man. It's 128 main dish. Last time, <laughs> Denji Denji said that the main thing that was keeping him going through all the horrors of life was wanting to have sex with the woman. Uh, and uh, Asa thought thinks that's really gross, and she's he's just like, no, nope, I changed my mind. Forget, go to hell. No, nope, no, nope, I'm going. <laughs> And then she gets like offended on sex's behalf because like it's so sex is beautiful. Humanity grew to the size it is because sex just feels so good. We're both here because of the power of sex, which is like all right, that's that's kind of in its own way kind of beautiful, yes. Uh, but Asa straight in with the I'm asexual question mark iteration, uh, which is uh. People only have sex because they have nothing better to do. Having somebody else's saliva and sweat all mixing together with yours is super gross. Like, fair enough. All right. Uh, 
So um, Denji's like, there's nothing better than having somebody else's slime and sweat mixing with yours. Denji, you are doing a lot better with the humanity grid with the size it is by because it feels good uh, at that point. But Asa pauses me and then she says, what makes you think you'd ever get me? And Denji's like, well, I mean, you know, when I'm older, eventually I'll get a girlfriend. She's like, you've got a chainsaw for a head. Nobody would ever want to have sex with you. And Denji goes... No! <laughs> he starts lying on <laughs> Was the thing that made Denji despair knowing that all of his friends had died horribly and he was never going to get to know anyone beyond Nayuta? Nope, never gonna have sex. <laughs> so. And uh, nothing stops it this time. They just float up through one of the doors in the sky and they're just there. And they awaken while Denji awakens. In a void, on a uh, on a on a dish that is had food parentheses blood uh, placed on it in a very um, high end manner, as in Jesus Christ. That that plate is like it's got to be like a foot in diameter, but there's like one square inch of actual food on that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like human size, sauce is unconscious. I love that we can see the apples that she just threw in there as well (laughs) in that dude's head. Also some guts, which might be just like for when she was tangoing with with Denji earlier. Yeah, she might have just been like, you know what, let's use it. Let's use a garnish. Yeah. Uh, So Denji looks around. He he spots a door in the void and just picks up Asa. He's like, all right, just starts running for it. Uh, But of course, I mean, it can't be that easy, right? Uh, This stinger lashes out at him from the the darkness uh his guts start spilling out uh a monster that at the very least looks similar to the one we saw being fed by the falling devil before appears and just fully rips his head off and denji in a great moment just reaches out grabs his head by the handle on the chainsaw and just uh, sticks it back on (laughs) wraps himself up and uh heads for the door which opens as he approaches it and the falling devil's on the other side. Oh, well. It was worth a shot. Yeah. And uh, falling devil is just says, like, my main dish doesn't call for chainsaw, man. If you leave Asamitaka, I'll send you back. And uh, Denji stops. He looks at right at Asa's butt and then says, can I at least bring her ass back with me? Which, I mean, all right, Denji, uh, that's... <laughs> I don't, best moment <laughs> in my mind i'm like i assume he's not like 100 percent serious but i do like this moment where he's just like i mean not for nothing if the whole thing's gonna go to waste sure but like if we can keep a little bit god so the fine devil calls him a pervert which yep accurate and then she gets decapitated and speared through the back with a chainsaw she seems to be uh, not too put off by this because she says, oh, dear, this keeps happening to me today. But then her head gets cut in half by a slash of a chainsaw, too. And Asa starts to wake up. And through the door, a voice says the falling devil has no tolerance for diners who leave their food unfinished. They'll desperately try to devour Asamitaka lest they be killed by the falling devil. Please evade them until sunrise, Chainsaw Man. 
and the fake chainsaw man has appeared, has the falling devil's body just fully up on his on their head chainsaw, cas- well, casually saying all of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and as a result of that, we don't get a good look at them at all in the slightest in terms of who they could possibly be. Yeah, it's very unclear, but it's very intriguing. Like now we kind of have a bit more of a confirmation of like, there does seem to be some other chainsaw person. Uh, and they are looking out for Asa in some way. I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, yep. I'm super intrigued. Uh, it's a cool little end. Uh, fun little chapter. Very goofy. Good stuff. Yep. One would have to assume that this is this person has to at least be linked to the person who woke up Denji so that he could go after Asa. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. It seems that they have uh, at least some uh, reason to keep Asa alive, not just Chainsaw Man. So but we'll see what's uh, where that goes. I'm sure eventually uh, it looks like we're at least in the second half of this whole whole thing, I would say at this point. Uh, but to move on. Uh, in Akane Banashi, story 59, a difficult choice. Uh, Maikeru has just told Akane that there are three different uh, Rakugos that he can teach her, and they all have different reasons that she would want to learn them. One's just a very big crowd pleaser, one is one that matches her nin, and one is uh, a Rakugo that Maikeru learned from her father. It's the one that got him his uh, promotion. And uh, she immediately... Chooses changing time, the one that uh, her her dad uh, was known for. Uh, so, for now, Nick is right. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> were. I, I I thought it might go a different direction, but the way they explain it actually made me think like, okay, yes, this is probably the right choice. Uh, I feel as though I might not be right for the entire time, but we'll see. <laughs> so. Uh, so, uh, my character's like, okay, yeah, let's get started. And he tells her, like, to get ready, you know, put her Yutaka on so that she's ready to perform and, and, and stuff. And, uh, kind of is like, look, I want to win the selection round and be in the four person event. And I want to catch up to Kaisei. But what I really want is to show off where my roots came from. And, of course, those roots were from kind of like Aww. spying on her dad, his little kid. And she thinks to herself, look, there's more things. There are things more important than just going for the easy win. But that's not the same thing as giving up. I'm going to win and I'm going to do it my way. It'll be fine. This is the right choice. And it's that comment right there that makes me think maybe it's the wrong choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so my Keru, uh, starts setting up so that he can demonstrate the story for Akane. He says, like, oh, you know, get, get, a, get, a, get a device ready to record if you want to. But while she's getting that set, he says, you know, you made a decisive choice. You know, I was just thinking that, like, I felt like I gave you, you know, a really difficult choice to make. You made it, like, instantly. Uh, I didn't expect you to, to do that so quickly, so I'm, I'm impressed. There's no absolutes on stage. Trends, compatibility, odds, strategy, no matter what the outsiders say, you are the only one who can make your choice the right one. So there's no need for doubt now. Once you've chosen your path, the only thing left is to run down it as hard as you can. Which is, just in general, a really cool line. Uh-huh. Uh, so he gets set, and we are given like a brief overview of Changing Time, how it's uh, about a guy who... Uh, uh, 
gets home late drinking and when he go gets home he just drinks some more while he's home and his wife is kind of just done with him but it's a lighthearted story and there's a lot of banter between them uh and uh so we also get a breakdown from Mike Caru where he uses his whole Nin thing to explain like oh here are the attributes of this story uh and this is kind of what it's like if it's performed by an expert uh, the veterans perform this one at, at a live show. And that's because the key to the story is the air of a married couple who have been together for years and being able to evoke that relationship takes it to a different level. And uh, he's making some great faces while he's acting as the drunk husband. Uh, and it's really nice. And uh, so, you know, there's just, you know, a nice little line where it's like, uh, you know, you you say like I'm stubborn because I'm a man. So you tell me to stop drinking. I'm gonna want to drink more. If you offer me a drink, I'll stop drinking. Oh, really? Do you want another drink? Do man, do So it's uh stuff like that. Uh, but as Akane is watching it, she gets a feeling, and she realizes like the way that he's inflecting his words, the pauses, his gestures, his faces. They all overlap. They match what I copied so many times. And as she's watching my Keru, like a ghost of her father performing the Rakugo appears beside him. And that's where we just kind of cut off that uh, little training session. My Keru has got uh, stuff that he's got to get up to. So he's like, okay, you know, once you think that you've got it, then drop me a line and uh, we'll review then. Uh, so, uh, Akane realizes, like, when Mikeira told her, like, I'm going to teach it to you just as my Anaki taught me, she says, wow, yeah, he couldn't have recreated to such a degree ever only one lesson. So he must have really been close with my dad. Uh, what kind of relationship did they have? And Mikeiru, uh goes off to get a haircut from Akane's mom. This was like a wild little, like, tr- uh, like not twist, but like just turn of the chapter where you're like, ha! Huh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she asks, like, how Akane's doing, and he says, like, oh, I was probably worried over nothing, I think. I suppose that that part of her she got from you rather than Aniki. And uh, he's apparently really close, not just with Shinta, but with Akane's mother, too. He's call- He calls her Anego, like, you know, big sis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, like, oh, and we had dinner as a group the other day, and I was amazed when she chose Soma noodles with Onigiri. And, and her mom's just like, she needs to get she needs to eat some vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and then he you know, shows her his phone, and, and he says, like, hey, check this out. And there's a picture of him babysitting Akane when she was like three years old and he had dyed his, while he was like dyeing his hair blonde and stuff. And uh, she says, like, what you babysat for? Is that? Yeah, it was literally once because Anagi begged me to do it because you guys had wanted to go out for dinner for her anniversary. And now I'm teaching that little kid Rakugo. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's a very uh, sweet, like, full circle kind of moment of just like, wow, look at her. I just did that once, and now I'm teaching her, teaching her dad's rock ago. It's like a very powerful little moment. Yeah. Um, you know, she, they chat about like, oh, you know, as a futatsume, are you allowed to teach her? And he's like, yeah, it's fine if the master approves and stuff. And, you know, I learned from, from Aniki, too. Uh, and she says, oh, so, so Toru looked after you? And he says, yeah, I'd say so. 
He taught me everything from how to greet my seniors to how to drink. Honestly, he's the one who taught me how to be a human being, and I can never fully repay a debt like that. But being overprotective is the enemy of growth. I've done all I can for Akinero at this point in time. The only question is, how will she make changing time her own? Changing time. Da, 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 to the places so, where change. we need to get changed. Changing yeah. time. <laughs> like a department store or just honestly a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so get all your time skip scarfs and etc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really like this chapter. Uh, I love the little detail about uh, my Keru and I like the the context of like, oh, this is how old he is, too, because uh, it was kind of hard to peg that before. But it's like, oh, OK, if he was like fully an adult while babysitting a kind when she was three, then he's got to at least be in his younger 30s at this point, which does uh, make the comment about don't fall in love with me even weirder. So <laughs> I mean. I, I I don't know if I find it weird because it it seems like he is intentionally trying to not let her know that he has any real connection to the like her or anything like that. Mm. So in a way, I almost see that as a way of like pushing forward the idea that like yeah, I'm not giving you any special treatment because I definitely don't know you from before this and had like a good relationship with your family or anything like that. Um, yeah, it's it's it's. A lot of little fun details here. Um, I like this character as sort of like, you know, this um, concerned mentor figure who is like, I want Akane to do well, but I can't I can't baby her. She needs to discover these things for herself. But I, I think she's got something going. I just, you know, we need to see if she can figure out that final piece or whatever. Yeah, It's good stuff, I think. It is interesting that the real sense of how experienced, knowledgeable, and wise Mike Hera actually is doesn't come in a conversation with any of the many Rakugoka characters, including you know, his fellow apprentices. It comes from him talking to an outsider to it uh-huh. so that he can speak like more frankly about what he's doing and what he's trying to do and not do. Uh, but it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely uh all right let's uh let's talk about that blue box nick blue box it's chapter 98 uh well she's not team lost uh sorry <laughs> about that uh chapter 98 the end of the year uh yeah the the team got to only the third round of the tournament the team that beat them went on to win the tournament uh but there's an optimistic note to it uh the players that are on the team feel like they still managed to accomplish something and meanwhile, Taiki is reflecting on the whole thing, being like, I never got a chance to ask her what the hell was up with that hog before. Uh, now it's the end of the year. Uh, and uh, so it is uh, getting to be, you know, New Year time. Uh, Chinatsu's parents are going to be uh, in town as they're visiting uh, Japan. And uh, so she's uh, going to be going to uh, to meet up with them uh, that day. Uh, they're going to go at, uh, at like 6 p.m. And uh, so they're like, OK, yeah. And they're, they're, then I'm going to be going over to stay at my grandfather's place until early January. Hmm. Wonder what that timeline's so important for. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, 
Psyche uh, comes downstairs. Uh, he, you know, meets eyes with Chinatsu, uh, immediately thinks about the hug and is like, I'm going to go wash my hair. Uh, runs out of the room. Uh, and uh, so Chinatsu is clearly thinking about it, but, you know, her expression is back to kind of unreadable mode uh, since this is a Taiki perspective chapter. Uh, and so Taiki's like, how the hell am I supposed to talk to her when we're in the house? My mom's here. How the hell am I supposed to approach her and talk about it that way? Uh, it's uh, winter cleaning time for the club. So everyone in Batman is working to clean up messes and stuff. Uh, he, he look, Taiki looks over at Shinatsu while uh, she's also working with, with her team. And she's just kind of acting as usual. And Taiki's like, could I have been dreaming? Is it, did I just hallucinate the hug? <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> uh, he also he looks at the Christmas tree. And he's like, can't we just leave the tree up all year round? It's like, calm, all right, calm down. Do you know uh, anybody Ayane? like that? Anybody who's like, no. I want to keep this up for a really long time. I I have neighbors who still have their Christmas decorations out. We're in April, by the way. <laughs> like at this point. Just keep it up the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, as well. Just be lazy. Yeah. Uh, Ayame has gone into drill sergeant mode and is just ordering everyone. I was like, don't don't clean that way. Clean this way. <laughs> and and all that. Uh, and uh, everyone's like, oh, we thought that she was going to be a cute manager, but she's like, but she's as bad as my mom. All right, guys. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Everyone, everyone likes having the girl around to help out until she tells you what to do. Fuck you. So, uh, and all she suggests to Taiki is like, you're just standing around. Go, go do something. Go double check the equipment if you're done with all your work. Uh, so he does head off to the equipment room and is like, this is where we were on Christmas Eve. Hey, Chinatsu's in there. Also, a bunch of other people are in there, but Chinatsu's in there. Uh, and, uh, he, he's, he's all like awkward and can't really like meet her eyes. Uh, and again, just things like she's just the same as ever. It's like she never hugged me. Uh, and then uh, he has to kind of scoot out of the way because someone is moving a cart and he bumps shoulders with her and is immediately like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't handle it. Can't handle it. Uh, Nagisa heads off, uh, leaving Shinatsu and Taiki a bit alone. And Shinatsu is like, hey, Taiki, um, is it possible that I offended you? And Taiki looks at her like, what? Uh, uh, and he starts to say, does nothing because he's just thinking it. He just he, thinks he's like, thinking, I could, yeah. And then this stupid, I hate this guy. This guy Cheetah. sucks. He's fun, a fucking cock block. Every Juice! So, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> Nishida just comes in and is like, they got juice! Leaves. <laughs> this motherfucker. And Taiki's like, I have no idea how to process emotions and have conversations with people. And then Hina sees Taiki looking at Shinatsu, and she gets upset in a way Nayame sees Hina being upset at Taiki, and she gets upset, but then she sees Kyo, Kyo, Kyo. passed by Hina, 
and be like, hey, Chono, can you help me carry these to the staff room? Because they're kind of heavy. So he's, I believe the implication is trying to distract her. Uh, and so she's like, oh, yeah, God, you, you're weak, yo. And and, and uh, so they, they, they walk off carrying stuff together. And Ayame notices this happen. It gets kind of a look in her eyes. Uh, so a development has happened. Ayame will remember that. Uh, the cleanup is over. And uh, Nishida's like, guys, let's go eat at a restaurant. And Taiki's like, no, I need to go do something. I have to talk to Shinatsu. I got to tell her I wasn't offended. I got to tell her that being hugged by her made me happy. It's the first time I've ever been hugged by the person I like. Fair enough. Uh, he, uh, there's a nice moment where he's thinking about this, but he still stops to help uh, uh, this uh, elderly person who drops something. He's just, oh, here you go. He's a good boy. Uh, and he thinks like, I mean, I, I could like, I guess, you know, call her, but I've got to say this, you know, to her face. I've got to do it. So he runs all the way home, gets there, uh, at about 545 and his mom is hanging out with, uh, with his, with his granddad. And, uh, and then, uh, he says, Where, where's Janata Simba? Oh, she left. Uh, her parents flight arrived early. So, uh, your dad took her to meet them. Taiki's like, ah! Uh, and uh, so that's it. Uh, <laughs> it's worth noting that, like, chapter numbers are generally pretty arbitrary. Like, we place a lot of importance on them as readers, but, like, it's not always intentional that, like, you gotta do something huge for chapter 100 or whatever. Uh, that said, it does feel like we might be moving towards uh, chapter 100 run through the airport to say goodbye. Or, uh, I guess not through the airport because they're picking someone up at the airport. They're picking their mother. They might still run to see her at the airport. I'm just saying it would be romantic. We don't get to see it anymore because in America you just can't do that anymore. So all, no. the, all the media we get over here is just like airports are dead. You can't do it. You can't, you can't involve airports anymore. Uh... Yeah, the, the big dramatic run through the airport so he can gr- tell the girl he loves. No, I didn't dislike it when you hugged me. <laughs> in front of her parents or grandparents. In front of, in front of thousands of strangers. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Oh, Nick, let's talk about morgues. Morgue, 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 morgue. It's chapter 21 of Sp- Cypher Academy thousands die in order to make a successful code <laughs> with the cover page of a bunch of children <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> it's honestly a very cute picture it is <laughs> but, it's a but, very cute I also uh, like that, the how Toshu size gang they're still so extra they're fucking back to back like they're fucking Charlie's <laughs> angels <laughs> Like, Toshi's eye is, like, slightly restrained. Like, it's that these two are just, like, nah, forever <laughs> fucking team rocketing this shit. I also do like the, the that we do get this, like, kind of gesture of, like, hey, look, Iroha has actually made friends. Isn't yes. that nice? <laughs> He's posing with a few of them. Yeah. Uh, it's... <laughs> so, first off, the chapter's 10 out of 10 because of that title. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, there's nowhere to go but up from there, then. 
Last time we closed the chapter with Iroha being down by a count of 40 to 5 chips and doing ice cold reading LASIK version to, as a table of all the cards emerged in a visual. And we opened this chapter with anonymity requested going, what the fuck just happened? Why are we tied? She's in a medicine. She's like, did the double chapter or a double issue happen already? And I missed something. How the fuck am I so far behind? He liter- She literally says, up until last week's issue, I was beating him 40 to 5. But now we're tied. What happened? <laughs> did we skip a chapter? It's so, so weird. I, I feel like that's the energy of this series. Is it's so unhinged that I never called that anonymity son would be like suddenly a meta character who's like <laughs> she's like fucking Deadpool. She's like, did we skip a chapter? How am I like how are we tied now? Well look, Quinn, we've gotta give her a new gimmick because she loses her other one in this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> uh so she says like these are what all the cards are. I know all of them now at this point. Uh, and we aren't given an explanation for why they mean anything yet. Uh, and we're also told that the difficulty level for this whole thing is two stars, which I don't know if that's because that's the average difficulty. I think that that's the justification that's given later. So she knows what all the cards are. And she thinks like, look, the difficulty of each individual code is low. You can observe a pattern in them if you organize them together. And now that we're past round 35, I guess that he's probably solved every card. But even if that's the case, he can't see his own hand. So now that it's straight up uh, heads up poker, he's got to just read my face to figure out what he's got. And my glasses weapon prevents me from doing that. So I know what cards that he has, but and then Iroha says, "You're wondering how I know what my cards are, how I know what my cards are, aren't you?" It's true I can't read your expression, no matter what. So instead, I just read everyone else's expression that's watching us play poker, <laughs> which is honestly like, all right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's the way of de- dealing with that. And uh, he says. The reason I was able to figure it out is because one of the cards that Toshisai used jogged an old memory because uh, there was one that's got all these characters on it. It's like taxi, GQ, bus, fly. And if you write it out in English, then basically every letter of the alphabet is used except for J, O, K, E, and R. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also says the handwriting jogged my memory because it made me relive my trauma and helped me realize the Taiyu Yugata was the one who must have come up with the code because it was a lipogram, like the game that we played before. And when I thought about that, each of the cards that I saw started to jog different memories in different ways. And it turns out that all of the cards, each of the numerical values, were codes that are written by one of their classmates. Uh, so, you know, Obro was the one who, who did all of the twos. Uh, uh, I forget her name, Rokuro, I think it is. Uh, uh, Toshisai's other uh, companion is the one who gave with threes and so on. And so he says that if you, everyone knows the codes, of course, that they came up with. So I would just read their expressions to figure them out. And I matched them 
based on the order of the seats in the class in order to determine which were which numerical values were which this is something that you can only do if you can match up everyone's names with their faces and and the seating order do you know that because yeah. you know she's the lone wolf type character like you're, you did you as part of your prep to do this even memorize all that so anonymity requested is like i'm all in and uh, seems to be panicking uh but anonymity requested is just like no i just wanted to think that i'm panicking because because of my glasses weapon acting this way is the only way to make it seem that I'm bluffing and panicking. Now that my cards have been leaked, I need to finish this fast because he's just getting more and more accurate as the game goes on. So I need to finish him now. I can't let him prolong the game. Uh, so he's like, look, why don't we just you know end this? But Iroha turns to the dealer uh, and says, hey, I'd like to switch cards. And he looks at Nikoeda and says like, yeah, you said it would be fine as long to do it once as long as the player's willing to go all in, right? And she says, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just like, I didn't say everyone couldn't do it once, I guess. Sure. And immediately anonymity requested. Is like, Lunch started oh, two hours, ended two hours ago for me. So who gives a shit at this point, I guess? Yeah. Uh, so anonymity requested is immediately like, oh, shit, this is bad. Uh, he, he tricked me. But Iroha says, I'll tell you what. If you just take off your glasses weapon now, I'll only read your expression for the remainder of the battle. I won't read anyone else's that's watching us. Uh, and he says, like, look, I, I know that, you know, you've been really impressive in this game. You know, you're planning to get rid of Tojusai and Yosai Mura. Uh, so, you know, I don't feel like you actually cheated. I actually respect the strategy you came up with. And I think the only thing I consider to be cheating is the poker face that you currently have. Uh, so an anime request is like, all right, so that's the path you've chosen. And that's allowed you to survive this far. But Hirohazaka, just you watch. I can fight fair too when I want. It's so shonen. <laughs> <laughs> so she removes the uh, the glasses. Nick, wait. Anonymity sound is a girl. Yes, this is a shock to all of us. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, she's got very big, expressive eyes. As it turns out, she's very moe and like very fucking anime girl. Like, let's do she, it. She talks with her hands a lot, so, <laughs> so the glasses weapon, I guess, made her gesture less when she was talking to. <laughs> Uh, so you're always like, all right, yeah, I'm going to switch three cards and I'm going to go all in. So it's all in versus all in. Everything comes down to this in a big showdown. And Kagoe stops watching the poker match. <laughs> and, uh, her, you know, VR assistant is, is, is like, oh, wow. I mean, did the video cut out again? And she's like, ah, it's fine. I, I got enough data. I think and, it's uh, because really anonymity took off the glasses. There's no feed for her to watch anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so Kagoya is like, I don't really care how the match turns out because Yosemura was the only one whose values differed from mine, so I don't have any force in this fight. You know, either Rosaka will win or an enemy requested will win. Uh, so, um, and uh, she also says, and thanks to Uroha overdoing it, I was able to make up with Kyora-san. 
which allowed us to finally put out the brand new weapon into mass production. <laughs> I love this is like the villain reveal of like a whole army of evil glasses. <laughs> and she says, and I quote, now we'll be able to invite the cypher soldiers from class 1A into the first cyber brain world war. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. And then finishes uh, with, I wish, I wish I could say this one loudly. <laughs> oh my God. This are is... you whispering to your VR assistant? What's going on? I guess she just wanted to shout it to the entire class as opposed uh, yeah. to just her robot assistant. Um, <laughs> But her robot butler. <laughs> uh, this so, is such a, a wild and weird chapter. <laughs> it's very funny. It is legitimately very charming that Oroha's like victory path went through the the like method of just actually knowing his classmates and not like yeah. in a dishonest way or anything like that. It's just like actually, I think this is something you probably would have picked up on if you hadn't decided to be such a cunt this entire like uh like sequence of chapters i don't have any song yeah. uh it's good stuff yeah and you know it's one of those things that's like it's only something you can know if you had actually gotten to know everyone in the class and the entire time she's just be like i'll cheat fuck all of you and it's like yeah it's poetic it's this has been a very Yu-Gi-Oh ass sequence and i love it yeah. um and now we're going to start a cyber brain war whatever the fuck that means uh, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I love I love that we could just end this series uh, or end this chapter with a shot of a shit ton of glasses and it's kind of like a <laughs> poppy moment like, oh no! <laughs> There's so many glasses now! Okay. Let's move on to Kill Blue. Chapter 2 The Wisdom of Others. Uh, so uh, Ogawa has uh, continued to uh, to go to class and all that stuff. And uh, so uh, popular girls are kind of talking to him a little bit, but he's still all gloomy and stuff. And they, kind of, they just say, like, you you really do just, like, look creepy. And you should also talk more in the group chat. And he's like, I hate dealing with kids. Not Ogawa. Ogami. Whatever. So, <laughs> <laughs> Nick, come on. We could be talking about this series for years to come. We should show some enthusiasm. So uh, Ogami is like, all right, well, time for learning. I love learning and being in class now. And uh, the teacher starts to explain uh, this uh, this algebra uh, problem. And Ogami starts going, what, 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 what? And uh, when he goes home that night, uh, he's just drained, trying to figure out how to do this homework. And uh, he's like, oh, I don't get it. I don't understand. And so his, uh, his partner says, like, oh, that's why you were acting all weird during class earlier. Uh, and uh, so he's like, "Do you do you know this stuff?" Nope. I also went to uh, I also went through the academy of raising hitmen, which means I learned no math. You don't need math in order to shoot a sniper rifle. Shut up. You don't, Nick. Come on, just point. Boom. It's simple. Point, <laughs> I can do it on my phone, Nick. You know, if they make a game, I can do it on my phone. It can't be that hard. Yeah, and the way the butt cheeks jiggle just lets you know that you've done a good job. I wasn't talking about that game. Thank you very much. But 
you are correct. That is another game where you can just tap a button. I don't know what the fuck you actually do. In my mind, the way that game is played is you enter into a battle and then you just sit back and you place your hands. I don't know where you place your hands, but you place your hands away from the thing and you just watch. You know, you're just like, ah, I should hell enjoy the fruits of my labor. Yeah, good headshot, Makima. <laughs> Only if she has her coat removed. <laughs> she, she just can't hit anyone if she's wearing the coat. It, it's not a sexual thing. This is just a tactical sniper thing. Like, how would you ever hit someone with a big suffocating coat on as well, you know? <sighs> so, Ogami uh, calls up uh, his ex-wife, uh, asking her to tutor him. And he's like, look, you got to teach me. And she says, look, I have a job and also I do housework and stuff. So uh, I'm not going to be able to do that. I've got to be able to. Don't you want me to focus on trying to restore you to normal? And uh, he's like, look, isn't there some way? And uh, she says, like, look, I'm I'm sure this guy isn't actually that stupid. Uh, And uh, she says, look, talk to your teacher. That's the point of school. And he's like, I'm in my late 30s. Can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? <sighs> okay. So he goes to the library and is struggling in class and stuff. And he's like, oh, no. What if I fall behind everyone and stuff? What do I do? Uh, and while he's studying in the library, one of his classmates comes up. And is like, oh, hey, uh, you studying? And he's like, oh, you're, you're, you're Shiraishi, right? the show so shiraishi sits down and uh he just kind of like uh just tells him what's going on and she's like oh yeah yeah you must have like struggled with your with your lessons last year too it seems like there are some concepts from elementary school that didn't like stick with you i know that this could be confusing you know once you start adding in all this you know variables x and y stuff uh so you know i come to the stud- library to study all the time so we could study together and a montage happens, and Ogami takes a math quiz, and he gets a perfect score, because he gets Shiraishi's help. Yay! That was a story we could have told, but we didn't. So, uh, he goes to Shiraishi's like, oh my god, you're you're crazy good, I owe you so much! And he grabs my shoulders, and it's like, thank you, master! How, how could I... I'm in your dead! And Shiraishi's like, alright, you're acting weird. Uh, so he says, like, let's go out. I want to note, together. Nick, I'm not like laughing in the moment from all these jokes, but just imagine I'm slapping my sides or slapping my knee. I'm holding my sides in. This is quality stuff. So uh, Ogami says, oh, well, I need to express my gratitude to you. So let's go. Let me buy you a drink. He's like, why are you, why are you talking like an old man? Because he is an old man. Do, do, do. So uh, I want yep. that. I want that stinger to play when I'm reading this series. Like any, <laughs> all the time. Any, anytime I read one of these jokes, it just plays. It's because he is an old man. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> so dismissive in me, but it really does just nail down how far this joke really is in terms of like limit. Uh, so, you know, uh, Ogami's like, look, you're like great at tutoring. You're a hard worker, you know, it's, it's you and maybe you're just a diligent guy, but I, it feels like, you know, you must like have something you really want to do with your life. And Shirai's just like, okay, well, like, don't tell anyone else in class, but I really want to be a doctor when I grow up. And Ogami's like, why don't you want people to know that? That's great. And Shirai's just like, it's kind of embarrassing. 
And he tells this little story of like, my mom got sick and died when I was little. And while my dad was away at work, my, my grandma would take care of me. Uh, and he's like, no, 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 no. Like, look, I, I'm not trying to tell you my sob story or anything. I, I was sad when my mom died, but my dad would always play. But my dad was great. Uh, he, my grandma was great. Uh, but my grandma's, you know, not doing so well right now. And then it hit me one day that. I might be able to help people like her live longer lives and help people like my mother recover from their illnesses if I became a doctor. Uh, and that's it. That's what I want to do. It's like, oh, all right. That's a nice, that's a nice, a nice, uh -huh. simple, the simple thing. Agave's like, oh, so great. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, Ogami is very moved by this. And then <laughs> a Twitter blue user appears. Yeah, that's the perfect way to describe this motherfucker. <laughs> it's just like, hey, you 11-year-olds. Being a doctor? Hold on. Let me step away from my conversation to interrupt yours. You're not sitting with anyone. Let me step away from my conversation to interrupt yours. He just goes on about how being a doctor sucks. And he's like, yeah, doctors don't make very much. They're not look. They're not respected very much. And consider how our country's aging population and low birth rate. Look at this graph that I brought up on my cool spiffy laptop that I bought with my money doing a stupid job that nobody likes. Uh, and uh, Okami's like, God, I hate you. I'm going to punch you in the face. And Trish is like, don't do that no and uh then he turns the guy turns his attention to agami and is like if you suck at middle school classwork you must be really dumb <laughs> I, I like i know these people exist but like the fucking i wish i had an eighth of the gumption that this guy has to hear that like a fucking like sixth grader is having trouble with math to turn around like you must be a big dumb idiot like you must be so stupid uh so that's when shiraishi finally is like starts to go up against guy because like all right you're being mean to my friend here and he's like look we've heard enough of you we don't have to listen to you Nothing you were saying has anything to do with why I want to be a doctor. And even if your arguments were sound, I don't think it's really nice for you to look down at others just because you have different views from them. You've got no idea how hard my friend's been working. And he's got way more to offer just than someone like you who uses high-spec laptop to watch YouTube all day. <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, well, watching Steven Crowder makes me a genius, though. And then some <laughs> guy... To be clear, he does not name drop Steven Crowder. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> some guy at the diner just like shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah some guy who's like I was fine with you parading one child and I was okay with you parading the second child for a little bit but now this has gone on too long <laughs> like you would assume so, like five seconds and the sub adult would be like hey buddy they're like 11 chill out <laughs> But no, it's not until Shiraishi starts winning the fight that the guy is like, all right, I'm going to back this winning horse here. <laughs> now that I feel secure that this guy's turbo laser that he fires from his YouTube watching it's, <laughs> won't it's, fall on me. It's just a bandwagon. It's like, oh my goodness, that kid's in the lead. No, 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 I can put my support behind it. <laughs> Yeah, we all think you suck. <laughs> uh, so, 
the, the jerk leaves uh, Ogami and Shiraishi. <laughs> they're walking home. And they're talking a bit more, and Shiraishi's like, oh, you know, I honestly, I honestly just, I feel like I got carried away. He, he was just being such a jerk, and then I just kind of lost it. We really shouldn't just pick fights like that with people, because Shiraishi is just, his character is just, nice dude. That That is him. Well, this entire time, I was sitting here like, this is the setup for like the end of the chapter reveal that he's not actually a nice guy. Oh there yeah. Was something, like... In my mind, I was like, he wants to be a doctor for sinister reasons. He's also infected by the same thing. He, you know, his dad is like an evil scientist. Like I just kept waiting for something at this point. Cause I was like, there's, Clearly, you can't just make a character who's this personalityless but nice. Like it's just it's a nothing thing. So I was just waiting constantly for the other shoe to drop. So <laughs> the laptop guy from before <laughs> comes rampaging towards them on a bicycle and he's like, Oh, how dare you spit in my advice? I was trying to help you. I'll teach you respect. I'm gonna kick you off this bridge. I'm gonna punch you too in the river. Which I get nowhere in a manga. I'm like, just mechanically think about that. Oh my god. So Ogami is like, I'm a super spy, I can sense him coming. He takes his his math compass out of his pocket and just shurikens it into the spokes of the guy's bike, which stops it and sends the guy flying into the river. And as he goes flying by, Ogami catches his laptop and says, You drop this, he throws it to him. <laughs> and uh, the, the guy falls in the river. Whoops! Literally. Up this, I was like, Ogami's gonna be like, I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna do something to this guy. And then I was fully expecting his friend had done, would have done something like a little bit faster. I think I was like, this is the moment. I was like, here's where you reveal that this kid is not every, not all that he seems. And then at the end of it, it's just like, nah, he's just, he's just a nice guy. Taught him math. Yeah. What, a, what a guy. The only, the only way that you can have, like, there's gotta be some other weirdos in Ogami's class because, like, the only other option really is to have a bunch of straight men and Ogami be bouncing off of all of them. And I got to tell you guys something. The joke associated with Ogami is not that fucking funny. <laughs> Nick, but like he looks like he's a kid, but he's actually, <laughs> he's actually an old man. <laughs> I keep waiting for his kid to show up somewhere. I was like, Oh, maybe oh, I should say, wait, it's the she, second chapter. But I was like, she, maybe his, his daughter will like transfer into the class right, or something. Right. Like something, you gotta do something with this premise. Yeah. I mean, cause we do know that she is like a presence in the story. Like mm. she's only a very, very briefly appeared, but she did show up, uh, in that one scene. Uh, so yeah, Ogami's, uh, ex, uh, he tells him, her about the whole situation and she's like oh it sounds like you made a friend he's like not my friend he's my master all right uh and uh, she says oh hey so about the loss that revered you into a child uh we've got some new intel about it uh it's not a loss that exists in nature what who could have imagined that Nick, you've uh, never heard of that wasp that stings you and you turn into a child and you have to repeat middle school but you're also a spy uh, nah, Quinn. Yeah. I've never been to. I've never been to Bangladesh. So uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> should go. Good food. 
Oh, okay. Just watch out for the wasps. <laughs> Beautiful country. Great food. Watch out Lots for the wasps. Lots of children there for some reason. <laughs> the country kind of never perpetually ages stuck that way because everyone just gets stung by a wasp. He ages back into a child. Has to go through school again. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Uh, so she says that, uh, they actually know the creator of the wasp was like, well, that's a big breakthrough, uh, which is, uh, Mitsuoka pharmaceuticals. And it just so happens that the daughter of Mitsuoka pharmaceuticals president is in your class, Norin Mitsuoka. And so Ogami has someone that he's going to have to try and look out for, potentially get close to, to maybe get some information. Hey, a plot development. Uh, yeah. So as look i think that the laptop guy being a random dick for no reason it was honestly kind of funny i don't know if it was funny in the way the series is trying to be funny (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to tell i i Uh, laughed along with it at points and then very much laughed like it's such a bizarre premise that i feel like you need a character to like you need the series to really emphasize the fact that, like, it is absurd that this grown-ass adult is here <laughs> doing this move. Like, it's it's crazy, right? Uh, yeah. Um, so we'll see you next time for chapter three of of uh, of killer of kill. I can't even bother to remember the name. Kill, kill Blue. Blue. Let's talk about Look, let's talk about movies. Yeah, Tenmaku Cinema. It's chapter three. Uh, so uh, we have just uh, learned that uh, uh, Himeki is going to portray Nagisa. Uh, well, we knew that already, but she, they've told uh, 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 Hajime's fellow uh, club members that, that, that that's what we're going to do. Uh, and uh, Hajime is still not really happy about the situation, but he's agreed to do it because he's like, look, the script that Tenmaku wrote is excellent. It would be a waste not to bring it to life. Uh, but... Look, I'm not going to take any credit for this. I'm just a ghostwriter, essentially. Eh, eh. Uh, but uh, you, I'm only doing this because you're making me do it with Tenmaku. Uh, and Tenmaku's... So he says, like, I'm just going to follow your lead. And Tenmaku says, you're the director, Hajime. I just wrote the script. Everything else is up to you. Uh, oh, and by the way, if you take my script and make a terrible movie, I will curse you to death. So no pressure. Uh, and that's where we, where we kick things off. Uh, there is uh, still a conversation happening between the club members as Hajime kind of off panel begs them to help. And they're all just kind of like, yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, Akitsu, his long haired, most mature friend uh, says like, yeah, I'm not all that busy. I've got just occasional band practice so I can help. And uh, the other club members are just kind of like, yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> we don't even, we don't even know enough to know what, if they've got any form of talent whatsoever. Presumably, Akitsu is going to be where they get their soundtrack from. Like that—that—that's the only thing that makes sense to me. So Hajime is very, very thankful, and they're like, "Yeah, we got plenty of time." Also, we'll get to work with Himeki Karakui, so that's great. Uh, so then they say, "Like, okay, well, how are we going to do this? Because it costs money to make a movie, right?" And uh, I mean, I guess we've got some club funds, right? And Hajime says, "Yeah, but there's no way, no way, it's going to be enough." Uh, they talk about like you know some low budget movies, but even then, it's like okay, the production cost for this one low budget movie called Stop the Camera that we looked up, oh, three million yen. So that's a lot of money for 
a bunch of teenagers with no jobs. Uh, but Hajime gives this big, you know, inspiring speech like, look, you know, the movie we're trying to shoot is only about 15 to 20 minutes long. There's plenty of locations and equipment that we already have access to for free. We can be creative with this. We can do this. We'll borrow stuff or we'll get it for cheap or for free. Everyone's like, all right, yeah, good job. Yeah, keep going, keep going. He's like, yeah, I've got to convince myself this is possible too. Uh, so it's going to be summer vacation. We're going to have time to do this. We're, we could do this. And uh, Akitsu turns to Himeki and uh, says like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm curious about you, though, because aren't you, like, busy with real movie work? I'm surprised your agency, you know, let you do this. And she very pointedly looks away from everyone, just... Uh, and uh, as uh, some teachers come by, just, they, they say, like, oh, look, yeah, hey, kids, we need to borrow the room for, from you for today, because we've got to have uh, the audiovisual uh, stuff for a PTA meeting. When they come by, Kimiki hides behind one of the tables. And uh, so she's acting very obviously suspicious. They confront her about it uh, on the roof a bit later. Uh, and uh, she says, like, oh, uh, my manager's calling me. I got It might be about uh, my shoot this afternoon and the manager speaks in uh give information to the reader very quickly mode uh and just says like oh yeah summer vacation your schedule's packed you'll have no time to do anything like work on side projects bye it, it is very like comedically handled like your your schedule's super packed you'll have no time to do anything even if you wanted to goodbye <laughs> click and, and uh then she like after the phone's over, she just kind of like looks over at everyone, looking all serious and determined, just kind of nods. <laughs> like, like, that was nothing, guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, Let's get started on that movie. So Hajime starts being like, oh, no. I'll be interfering with, with Himeki Kurakui's real work. That'll be costing all of Japanese cinema hundreds of millions of points. So he's like, I, I can't do that. But uh, Himeki's like, you know, if anything unusual happens, the school just gets in touch with my parents. So I don't really have uh, a lot of, like, freedom to do what I want. Uh, and if they were to find out I was making a movie with my classmates, the teachers would probably be concerned and stuff. So everyone's like, oh, okay, well, maybe we can't do anything. But she says, no, no, no. This is an incredible work. If my agency sees it, they'll definitely be fine with it. As soon as we finish filming, it's in the bag. What if they find out before it's done? Then they will end it. <laughs> Simple. And then he had to be looks over to Naku and he's like, I will kill you if you don't finish the movie. <laughs> Tenmaku is no longer asking. He is demanding. So, uh, the but yeah, uh, Himeki is like, we can definitely do this. Movie production team Shinichi is complete. We can, oh, I've got to go. Uh, my driver's here. And uh, just leaves all of them. Uh, Hajime's friends have agreed to make the movie without ever reading the script. They read over it. The two less important friends are immediately brought to tears. Uh, and uh, then uh, Akitsu says, like, you know, I, Himeki Kuroko has been in a lot of movies over the years. Uh, she's been, seen masterpieces. She's probably read tons of scripts by veteran screenwriters. And she wants to be in this movie so bad based on this script that she's going to keep it a secret from her agency. So I bet that this script is actually way more amazing than you realize. So Hajime finally decides to do the thing that he probably did it a long time ago and uh, just do a bit of Googling uh, and find out like, 
Who's this, uh, this Takihiku Tenmaku guy who's haunting me? Uh, and it is a, uh, a total mystery. Uh, he can't find, like, any results based on you know, various different things. Like, okay, this guy, Ryushirakawa associations, anything like that, nothing. Uh, and eventually he gets distracted by Tenmaku coming to the room being like, I want to see more movies! Uh, so Hachime asks him, like, hey, which of Ryushirakawa's movies did you actually write? Many points are like, oh, this one, this one, this one, and he's and Hajime says, oh my god, these are all amazing, but there's no Tenmaku listed in the credits. Why is that? And Tenmaku says, well, obviously. Oh, I oh, don't know. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> uh, this seems like an important detail I've only just thought of, and uh, he also admits that he doesn't remember the moment of his death because his memory is seemingly just patchy. Important chunks of it are missing. Eh, it'll be fine. I'll remember eventually. Let's watch the movies. Uh, Hajime still can't find anything. Now he's actually curious, like, who the hell is this guy? Who is Tenmaku? Uh, as he uh, tosses, his, puts his phone to the side, uh, uh, an image in some of the results comes up of when uh, Ryu Shirakawa was on site somewhere and someone who definitely looks a lot like Tenmaku was uh, just kind of in the crowd amongst the crew observing things. And uh, that's where we leave off on Chapter 3 of Tenmaku Cinema. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the important question, Nick. We're now three chapters into Tenmaku Cinema. This is where we have to make the important choice whether to keep reading uh, Tenmaku Cinema or drop it to the voids of not reading it. Uh, what say you, Nick? I, I kind of feel like we're, we're both going to just say yes. I mean, it's, I feel like we just both want to keep reading this. All right. Sounds good. Yet, we're so. going to read this. Uh, let's talk about Mashal. Sorry. Did you want to say anything about the chapter? No, 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 no. It's, 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 it was a good chapter. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit weird in terms of like, oh, that's an interesting conflict to introduce now. But OK. Uh, yeah, I'll just roll with it. Yeah, I like this chapter. Uh, I thought there's like an interesting little wrinkle. I like that she's kind of got this funny little gimmick of just like, nope, everything's going to work out. Stop paying attention to my voicemail, you weirdos. Like, <laughs> pushing everybody away. Very funny. Uh, Nick, let's talk about Mashal, Magic and Muscles, though. This is chapter 153, Mash Burn Dead and the Time Slowing Magic. So mm. Mash is back. And of course, Finn's like, how is this possible? It's, it hasn't even been 66.6 hours yet. And Mash is like, you see, I told my friend on the other side I was in a hurry, so they sped things up for me. <laughs> and Finn's like, that, that's all it took. <laughs> uh, I I just I just asked very nicely and uh, ripped a gate that seemingly belonged to the eternal void of uh, the uh, balance of good and evil in the world out of the ground. And uh, then he just kind of was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, we, we like touch a bunch of other characters who are all kind of speechless. It just kind of ends with him tossing a Choa over to Finn, <laughs> like in a like, solo panel. Uh, but of course, it's zeros. Like, you were no way you could possibly defeat me. Mash is like, I got some weight training. I think I'll be fine. Uh, then a random person who is not named says, It is a zero. You killed my family. I'll kill you. And shoots a big attack at him. And Innocent Zero uses his time magic, slows it down, he like stops it with his finger, and then he's like, hmm, this week's spell should be enough to handle you. And he sends it back at him. And this guy is trying to run. He's like, oh, I need to get out of here, but I'm so slow. 
and then he gets impaled by his own spell. And Finn's there to be like, oh my god, his magic can slow down time. This everything he does is a cheat. And Mash shouts out, I'll avenge you, guy, I didn't know. You could have saved him, Mash. <laughs> um Innocent Zero activates his time magic, thus slowing Mash down. Oh no. And of course he's just like, it is over. And he fires his spell. And Mash just ducks underneath it. He's like, wait, what? No. All right. I'll do this then. And he makes like a whole bunch of his little needle arms and he shoots them at Mash. And Mash dodges them all. <laughs> he just, woof, 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 woof. And he's like, how is this possible? Time rates uh, decreases the passage of time for a target by one one hundredth. To a normal human, it should look like being frozen in time. How is he still moving? And of course, all this is happiness. Mash like runs in front of him and slowly punches him in the face. Uh, he's like, no, I can't believe this. Oh, and now he's dancing. <laughs> just doing the, the, the Russian <laughs> step dance. I love that moment. Just, and now he's dancing. Uh, he's taunting to build up his meter. What the fuck? <laughs> he's just like, oh, uh, we see Finn. He's just like, I know this all too well. Mash is just moving really, really fast. Fast he's enough to make fast. fun of the fact, to make up for the fact that he's being slowed down. Uh, so Innocent Zero's like, how could you have gotten this powerful in such a meager amount of time? What did you do? Mash is like, I pumped iron, like I said. For like a year with this godlike person, all I did was wake up, eat, and pump iron over and over again. And time moved really slowly there. It was weird. Uh, Innocent Zero's like, the fuck is he talking about? Could trade in the Mindscape truly yield physical results? Or could a god himself really have lent Mash his power? And we cut to the higher deity who says, I did just that, in fact. For a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so Mash just says, that's the gist of it. But am I really strong enough to defeat someone who controlled time? I'd say the answer to that is a big yes. And he clenches his fist. And uh, Innocent Zero just sends the chapter to be like, interesting. Outstanding. Amazing uh, chapter. Yeah, yeah. No notes. How, how, did you get to, how did you get so strong? Hyperbolic time chamber. <laughs> <laughs> just because. Just because. I'll avenge you, guy I didn't know. It's such a great moment for such, a, like, such an obvious thing. Like, oh, this dude needs to show up because we need to demonstrate exactly how Innocent Zero's time magic essentially works. And then that's just like, I'll avenge you, whoever you were. Great stuff. <sighs> All right, let's talk about the elusive samurai briefly. Uh -huh. It's uh, ooh, chapter 107, follower 1335. Uh, Yoroshige is riding off to make a final stand to buy uh, Tokyuki and the other's time to escape. Tokyuki is objecting to this, demanding that he flee along with them. And his uncle headbutts him in the chin. Uh, which seems like it was very difficult to do considering the height difference and also the shape of his head. Uh, but he's, he says, like, look, we've got nothing to lose, but Yoroshige has something to protect. He can't allow his entire family to be punished, so he knows that he has to die in order to take sole responsibility for this defeat. And he was aware of that when he supported the Hojo cause and fought for the people of Shinano. He always intended to risk his life for those he loved. And I'm sure you understand such loving kindness. His death will not be in vain. So he's like, don't, don't, don't feel guilty. Don't criticize his death. Be proud of him. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, then uh, he's like, all right, now I got to go and uh, do some stuff. Uh, forget you are a Hojo. Behave as a child to a parent. Your argument with him warmed my heart because you didn't grow up in such a tolerant home. Now go make amends. Bye! And uh, so, yeah, he's got work to do, so which means that he's got to run away now. Uh, so uh, Kojiro looks to Tokyuki and says, like, I mean, what are you going to say to him? And Tokyuki says, I was pretty mean to him. I should apologize. Uh, I have to aid him, though, because I can't apologize if he's dead. Uh, so uh, that happens. Uh, the, uh, the 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 Hachiro, uh, the younger brother guy, he shows up and is like, I'll help. Uh, and so it was like, all right, let's let's get moving. Uh, Yorishige, you know, wades into battle. Uh, but he is not doing so good. Uh, we kind of cut ahead, and he's, you know, his eyes are faint. There's arrows sticking out of his shoulders that are broken off. And uh, now uh, uh, Takauchi is approaching him, and he looks over at everyone and is like, You fought like a true war god. I commend you, but your numbers are small. Didn't you have more soldiers than us? What would happen to them? Uh, <laughs> so Yoroshige says, I deplore meaningless deaths. So I sent half of my troops back to Shinano, and they will now serve a new god, which is that shitty little kid, a uh, little, little grandson of his. Uh, and uh, he says, Tokitsugu and I take responsibility for this fight and shall fall on this battlefield. And Tokitsugu, the guy who is never noticed by anyone, virtually invisible all the time, comes up to attack Takashi from behind, and he ducks and just kills him. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing that guy was her thing. Uh, uh, so, and, uh, but Takaji says, sorry, but I too glimpse the future. Uh, when a commander is a weak-willed puppet, the uprising takes the name of the real leader. And, uh, yeah, this will be known as Suwa Yoroshige's War. I'd hoped your name would not go down in history this way. And then there is a ring, a ring, a ring. And everyone's like, what the hell is that name? And someone's ringing some bells. And, uh, we cut back to some advice that Tokiyuki got from uh, Kusunoki, the, uh, the expert of uh, fleeing and stuff, who says, when fleeing with an army, it is wise to flee while fighting. But a commander flees alone. It is wise to abandon weapons and armor, expel all thoughts of offense and defense, dedicate yourself to flight, and then you can even evade a god. And Tokiyuki has appeared has taken off his armor and just appears straight in front of Takauji say, and is singing demon come this way to the wringing of my hands. And he says, the Lord of this battle determines the rules of engagement. Kill me and you win. If I escape, you lose everything. And that's where we go. All right. So uh big, big chase going to happen between Takauji and Tokiyuki. It looks like, yep, uh, that's where we are. It's exciting to a certain extent. Like, Hey, turnabout we're not just gonna watch your gay proud noble warrior sacrifices and then a little turnabout in there and who knows maybe a stupid kid's gonna live i don't know uh we'll see probably not he'd look dead anyways let's talk about black Overnick. this is page 358 flame bur uh, burial so last time it looked like mario leona's uh, hands had been uh, like disintegrated off and uh, uh they were they were. <laughs> uh, Morris, the evil scientist who has now become an angel, has all these uh, creepy little hands that go everywhere. Uh, and Mary Leona uh, tried to punch them, and they, they took her hands and disintegrated them. So she's made new hands out of fire, which is 
they can punch. It's magic. Uh, he goes to explain that his specific type of magic is like an operation magic. It dismantles everything. It can even dismantle the Neverland spell. So it doesn't matter that she keeps punching these tentacles and destroying them because he can just form instantaneously new ones from mana. So her it's a losing fight she will never regenerate or he he will regenerate faster than her body could possibly hold up even if mary liliana is just you know a crazy blood knight or whatever uh, she just screams i don't give a shit i'm going to hit this guy uh we cut over inside of the city where fuego leon is leading the rest of the crimson lions i think there's more to their stupid the crimson lion kings Yes, which is a little bit a little bit too much, what, as, uh, what, it seems. One too many words. Uh, he's riding on Salamander's back, and he's fighting these angels, and he's doing everything he can. But they're like, oh my god, isn't there anything we can do? Fuego Leon looks back, and he sees his sister in this kind of losing fight. Uh, she's screaming, but the hands have broken through. It looks like they're about to get her. When two random members of the group, maybe these characters have shown up before, I don't remember them, jump in the way and are like we believe in you Mary Leona the rest is up to you ma'am uh Morris of course just kind of giggles he's just like oh you burned both the tentacles of the allies who shielded you that was tremendously efficient uh Mary Leona's just like I'm gonna hit you no matter what so that spurs on the rest of the crimson lion kings who are like yes shield her like help her keep up on the offense uh Morris is just like this is very useless there are so many lives being sacrificed as all these people jump in the way of his attacks as mary leona tries to punch through uh Fuego leon kind of realizes something he's he's watching from far and he's like this guy's physical breakdown and regeneration it's not infinite he has a limit and mary leona is noticing that like she can see that there's like kind of blood dripping from his uh like where his arms are and She's going for it with her entire life here. So uh, he gives like a big little shouting thing of just like, oh, no matter how foolish or incompetent you are, Master Luscious will recreate you and make you equal. <laughs> uh, Mary Leona's like, shut your mouth, puppet. Uh, we rule. You suck. <laughs> Burn. <Basically. laughs> uh, and does this big attack. And uh, she looks like she's broken through and she shouts, as a tribute to my fallen brigade members, I swear I'll burn you and my life to ashes. So, uh, you know, who knows what this means? Because on one hand, you're like, I mean, Black Clover keeps a lot of characters around, but we did just canonically kill off the great hero, Jack the Ripper. So yeah, maybe Jack any- the Ripper can die. Yeah. Anyone's on the table. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see how things turn out on that end. It is, I think, legitimately a, a, a cool moment for Mary Liliana, who has never been a favorite of mine in this series. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, having her like have this seemingly unkillable foe that she's just like, nope, I'm just going to keep on throwing myself at it until eventually I kill it. Uh, was, was executed well, I think. And yeah. the final shot of her just like her body just increasingly becoming fire as she whirls towards him is a cool, is a cool look. And I do like that as she gets closer, closer, the guy actually starts to be like, oh, someone's scary. Uh, and uh, we'll see how things turn out here. And also, we'll see if, like, all the people who die in this just get brought back as angels later. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 
That is going to do it for that chapter. So we're going to close things out with uh, some One Piece. Da -da 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 -da. All my friends are here. Well, yes, most of them are actually here. There's, there's a lot of characters in this chapter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can do this. Uh, One Piece chapter 1081, 10th ship captain of the Blackbeard Pirates, Kuzan. Featuring a cover page that where no one from it shows up in the chapter proper because it's all the uh, the boys in the straw hats just kind of taking a nap together. Yeah. Uh, they just, they, they uh, sleepy little boys. Except for Chopper, who's uh, reading a cookbook. They're Not sleeping. Chopper. Why am I saying yeah. Sanji? Sanji. Sanji. Sanji's got the cookbook. Yeah. Well, so. he's, well, probably because he's thinking about boys. Yeah, Nick, yep. think about that. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Garp just unleashed a big-ass attack while uh, getting involved uh, in the whole Blackbeard Pirates situation. Uh, his Glorp boy... Uh, uh, you remembered his Marine, name! Mm -hmm, uh, uses his Glorp powers to make the ground soft where Garp lands so he doesn't shatter his legs, I guess. Uh, well, he makes the ground Glorp so the ship doesn't uh, get crushed. Uh Garp just kind of fucking superhero, superhero lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, Garp looks around after all the devastation he's caused and he's like, oh, after all these years, I'm losing my edge. I was like, shut the fuck up. You, <laughs> you wrecked sorry. everything. You messed up my whole house. Uh, Kobe uh, comes out and calls to Garp. Uh, and uh, everyone's like, oh, hey, Kobe made it. Uh, I. Helmeppo is happy. It's happy that his uh, that his buddies are still alive. Yeah, and uh, so like, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Glorby is upset that Garp has referred to Kobe as the future of the Navy. He's like, yeah, I'm the future of the Navy. Look at my hat. Uh, but uh, as uh, Kobe is uh, running, he has met up with um, oh gosh, it's Kim Hibari. Is, is her name and uh, she says like I can't get his shackles off no matter what and as they're running she just freezes in mid stride uh, directly behind Kobe as uh, yeah Kuzan has showed up uh, so things are uh, bad now and he says like look we can't have Kobe escaping when Teach isn't around and we get a flashback to uh, give us a bit of an explanation as to not necessarily why, but at least how Kuzan started working with the Blackbeard Pirates. Uh, it was two years ago after his uh, battle with Aokiji had gone down and uh, he, he lost. Shows up on the Blackbeard Island, uh, has frozen everyone in sight. <laughs> uh, and uh, Blackbeard shows up being like, You! Undo your fucking powers! <laughs> But uh, Kuzan's got a pretty bad moment because he's like, hey, if you try and use your tremor, tremor fruit right now, your entire crew's going to crumble to pieces. Uh, you're their captain, and you should know. Uh, you really think I struck first? Yeah. I'm in a state of mourning right now because of what's happened, so don't test me. Fuck you guys. <laughs> it's a pretty cool moment. He is kind of yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, see what happens. So instead, they start drinking together. <laughs> That's what Blackbeard does, man. He just keeps yeah. drinking as fun with people. Yeah, Blackbeard's like, I like the way you drink. And Kuzan says, yeah, I like how you drink, you sick bastard. And he's thawed the crew, and they're just all drinking together. And 
And uh, so they're like, oh, what did Akihito say after that? It's like, two men who came up in the ranks together in a fight to the death. I can feel something boiling up within me. Uh, and and he's just really bitter about it. He's like, you're fucking made of magma. Stop talking about boiling. Fuck you. And also, I've only got one leg now. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why he's bitter. That's understandable. Yeah. Uh, so they say, like, oh, did you, like, get take an arm from him? Nah, but he should be scarred at least. So, oh well. Uh, and they also start, and they, they're just talking more and more, and uh, they say, hey, do you think he knows about Burn Scar? And uh, so, because so, I was like, what's that? Well, see, there's these four red poniclists in the world that are more important than any of the others. And two of the four belong to Kaido and Big Mom, but the other two are the ones we can't find. One of them is held to be held by a man with a burn scar. And Kuzan's like, is it me? I've got a burn scar. Like, you just it got is a that. very it's funny moment <laughs> of him being like, me? <laughs> you just got that one. Uh, but they say like, oh yeah, the man with the burn scar, he's got a all black ship that he sails around in that swallows enemies in a gigantic vortex as they wander too close. So maybe it's some sort of devil fruit of power that uh, he or his crew's got. Uh, and they're like, oh, I bet it's a government man. The world government's got dark secrets. And if they have one of the stones, it means no pirate would ever reach one piece. Uh, but Kuzan says, I mean, I don't have any good memories about them. If I had seen one of those red stones in Ohara, I wouldn't forget it. But all I remember was a good friend fighting back against the government. And the sad, lonely eyes of a little girl. Whose fate rests <laughs> in the palm of my hand. This is like an incredible backstory that we've all had the pleasure of like actually getting to see in practice. And I love that like Lafayette's like the story sucks. <laughs> Do you think that this sounds like promise? boring? Yeah. <laughs> I guess hey Zeus, Zeus, yeah, it's like sounds like a real boring story. Yeah, it's definitely a boring story. Not sad at all. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but Kuzan overhears them talking about stealing his powers, and he's like, "All right, how about just freeze all you? Fuck you guys!" and uh, and Blackbeard's like, oh, calm down. No, 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 no. My man made a stupid suggestion, but no, I don't want to do that. Why don't you ride with us? And everyone's like, Captain, are you crazy? He's like, go on. You don't have a job. You got any plans? What are you going to do? You're being chased around by the powers of justice. But in our world, justice takes a different form. And Kuzan at first is antagonistic towards him, saying, he's like, I don't trust you just because we shared some drinks. And Blackbeard says, hey, have you got the wrong idea about pirates? Nobody said we were all the best of friends here. The only thing pirates need is an alignment of interests. And uh, I've seen some people point out that, of course, you know, true to being the true antagonist of the story, that Blackbeard's view on crews is completely uh -huh. different from Luffy's. Who believes you gotta be friends to be crewmates. Uh, and being crewmates makes you friends, for that matter. So... <laughs> So that's where the flashback ends with being offered like, hey, you're a free man now. What do you want to do? And uh, then we come back to the present and Garp just says, put Hibari back to, to normal. Let Kobe go. Come back to the Navy. And Kuzan starts to ice up and he says, you always did just like to say whatever was on your mind. And I'm afraid I can't help you with any of those things. I loved that about you, which is why I live my life the way I want now. And he attacks, throws a big, massive ice ball at Garp. And uh, he says, are you going to kill your senior apprentice in order to save your protege? Don't be tied down by this nonsense. Uh, and Garp's like, I taught you to live in the moment. Uh, and 
And so he breaks off the out of the ice and he says, listen up, Kuzan. Wavering is a sign of weakness. And he um, choke slams him. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Uh, but that is not the end of the chapter. You would think that that's like the end I, of the chapter. I really just based it was on. the end, yeah. Yeah. But no, we cut away from that moment to find out where Blackbeard is, which is finishing up that fight that he's had was having with Law over by Winter Island. And uh, things didn't go well for Law. The fucking <laughs> the polar tang has been ripped apart in the middle of the ocean. Its crew are floating aimlessly in the depths, uh, except for Law, who is beaten up, passed down the ground right next to Beppo. And uh, Blackbeard says, like, you got no means of escape now. Uh, the hundred pirates whose hearts you stole at Rocky Port are all living in fear on Pirate Island. But if I bring your heart back with me, I'm sure they'd be in a celebrating mood. Yeah, that's uh, scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, Beppo uh, remembers a little conversation he had with Chopper. Uh, or Chopper is like, yeah, I made a thing for you, but I can't guarantee it works. And it's a little thing that he takes in this moment in order to go so long and try and save his uh, captain's life. And he turns into a very big, very, very big polar bear thing and starts attacking uh, Blackbeard. And everyone's like, the move's not out. How the hell is he so long right now? And it's like, he took a thing and the Chopper did. But that's not the end of the chapter. Uh, because we get uh, one last uh, moment of uh, law uh, being forced to retreat, literally forced to, because uh, he is being carried away to safety by Beppo. Uh, and Law is objected to saying, we can't leave the crew behind. And Beppo says, you got to trust them, Captain. We came out of the frozen port in the, nor- in the north. We made it this far. None of us are going to die. We made it together as a team. You can't die now, Captain. Please don't die. And the last thing we end on is just a note saying that Law and his heart pirates have been defeated. <gasps> I mean, it's wild that both uh, Law and Kid's crews were like defeated and sank to the bottom of the ocean. So I'm kind of wondering what like the fallout of that is. Like, I can't imagine mm. they're eliminating those characters from the story. So uh, it is. It is curious to see how they will return. Um, but it's an intriguing little end of the story. I, I, to me, this chapter is a, about Eokiji Kuzan. Uh, that's like mm-hmm. the cool part of the chapter that's really, really interesting. I should say the cool part. I mean, the, the end's pretty cool as well. But The like, ice cold part of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like the McDLT keeps the cold, cold, cold and the hot, hot, hot. Uh, I enjoyed it. Good stuff. Uh, really, really cool. I, I, I like that the like we've now filled out Blackbeard's crew like this. Um, it does make you kind of wonder what the hell Kuzan's doing. Uh, in a, in a way too, because uh, you know there's like uh he's picking up some information from Blackbeard's crew like right away from having joined them. It seems so it's like eh, is he really gonna be a pirate? Hmm. So, um. But uh, it seems as though uh, this, for the moment, uh, he is very dangerous. And of course, uh, we, we know that from a lot of stuff that he's already done. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it for, for this week's uh, this week's chapters. Quinn, tell me, what uh, what was your favorite? 
Uh, I'm going to give my favorite this week to... I have to stop and think, because as we read the chapters this week, I really ended up liking what we discussed, by and large. Um, I think I'm going to... Oh, this is tough. Mm. I really have, like, three series I want to give, like, favorites to. It's, like, between uh, Akane Banashi, uh, Mashal, and Cypher Academy for me. Mm. <sighs> You go first. I need. I need to see how my heart feels on this. Uh, well, obviously, uh, Kill Blue, if that's its name, is, is great. <laughs> and, uh, um. So, I I I fully understand because it does seem like we had a lot of really good quality stuff, but there was no one super standout thing. Uh, I am I'm gonna go with. I think, and I, I don't know if I say this with much confidence with, with Mashal, because like I said, it feels like there were a number of good, really good series this week, a none that definitely stand head and shoulders above everyone else. I'm going to go with the Kanye Banashi, uh, but I really did want to go with Mashal. I think I just had to pick one of them. Uh, my MVP is going to be Aokiji, uh, or Kuzan, sorry, he's not Aokiji anymore. Um mm-hmm. I guess technically he never was. It was the title. Um, but I'm going to go with him. Uh, I really, really thought he was cool. I uh, like him kind of returned to the story. And yeah, uh, I think this was actually a really, really great Greek manga. Yeah. Uh, Mike Aru is going to be my pick for, for MVP. I really like the uh, the little reveal about just how close he was with the Kane's uh, uh, family. Uh, it's a nice little extra wrinkle uh, into things. And uh, I do really like the way that he talks about, you know, the kind of protectiveness that he feels towards Akane. Uh, it's just very human and sweet. So Absolutely. Uh, the audience, by the way, uh, picked One Piece as their series of the week, and they agreed with you that about my Karu for the uh, uh, chapter or MVP of the week. I got distracted because autocorrect, I think, screwed Ninja, and it just has your MVP as Mailers. Mailers. <laughs> <laughs> Which... The mailers are my MVPs. All you who submit your votes through post the way that it should be done. Yeah, we don't count them up and into 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 the poll until weeks afterwards. But uh, you know, it's the only way the only way to really vote. So, I feel like uh, the mailers is like the name of a new like antagonist group in Dragon Ball. Like it's like the mailers, and then like the individuals are like post stamp fucking envelope. <laughs> Postage. But they're all like, right? They're all re- oh, really. Oh, and a post becomes versions. postage. Yeah, <laughs> they're all re- weirdly like corrupted versions of it. So it's so it's like uh, Melumana. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh boy. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this week of Weekly Manga Recap. We will be back. Prom- we'll do something, I think, next week. As mm-hmm. uh, like I said, we said at the top of the episode, there's no uh, Shonen Jump or anything, but I think we'll do something. Uh, and then uh, we'll be back the following week to return to our just weekly format. Uh, we do the show here on twitch.tv slash T Wednesday evenings, starting usually around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you can follow along by joining the Weekly Manga Recap Discord server, which should be, which should be I think, linked in certain places uh it's got a great community uh, we discuss uh the chapters uh as they come out each week 
there. And also, it's a great place to find the Google Doc that's been named by Ninja X3i, where you can track the the polls that are done, uh, where we decide MVPs and all that stuff. Uh, it tracks the recommendations for series that we have been given to cover, uh, including the one that we are uh, currently leading up to, which is going to be Fire Punch. If you would like us to read a specific series, offer a suggestion of your own, and maybe we'll pick it. Mm-hmm. We would also like to thank everyone who helps support the show and makes it what it is by uh, supporting us on patreon.com slash recap, where we uh, create bonus content for you guys to enjoy. You can also check out video versions of the show on youtube.com slash recap, which feature an opening sequence by Mallow Jack Stillitz and Winsadale Cheddar, and occasional title cards by Steve Mann, whose artwork you can check out uh, by searching for Steve Mann Art, and you can find it generally wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn on the internet. And uh, that is about it. That's I it. I think uh, we're ready to leave. Gotta go. Tired. Wait, what else do we have to give you? All right. Do you want my soul? Will that satisfy you, listener? You take my soul. Are you doing a bit? I don't even Are know you... anymore, Nick. I don't okay, know. Okay, this, this is very disheartening. Maybe we should end. <laughs> No, I had to laugh and they'll think I'm serious. Ha ah, ha bye. <laughs>